Welcome to On Base. And Up Point. Life in the Deep End. Life in the Deep End, where we give a perspective on life. At least one perspective. The bass player's perspective. It's the only perspective that's important. Well, yes. So if you're tuned in and you're expecting um, to hook some bass as an angler, don't tune out. Don't tune out. This, is, this show could be for you. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and if you're a guitar player wanting to cut off two of your strings... Or change strings to a low bass string. You probably are in the right place. Yeah, you're in the right place. And if you're a vocalist and, and, and you've been caught saying, yeah, I need more of me in her monitor. <laughs> Leave now. No, you need to stay. You really need to stay. Yeah, you really need to understand the bass player perspective here. Because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about life perspective from a bass player's point of view you know a lineman offensive lineman's point of view yeah that's yeah. what that's where we come from guys guys that, that do the job but don't never get the recognition or if they get the recognition it's because they're getting carted off the field because yeah. they're hurt yeah <laughs> decently paid but not well paid well no no, yeah. no, forget that. It's like a lunch pail perspective. That's what we're bringing to this podcast. The, the, the blue-collar bass player. Yes. We can talk a little bit about bass, but this will be more about life. So what's our first topic for today? Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about heroes and humanity. Okay. So, so I was listening to um, Stanley McChrystal put out a new book, and he was talking about um, heroes and myths and so on and so forth, and you know, he went to West Point and was a huge uh, General Lee fan. He was, you know, he loved General Robert E. Lee, grew up in Virginia, went to West Point like Lee, followed his military career, so on and so forth. And uh, when he was a young lieutenant, his wife bought him a portrait of General Lee. And it was, you know, he said it wasn't really super nice, but it, right. you know, it was all they could afford. And right. He'd always placed it in their house and... Um, recently, he just his wife said you probably need to just get rid of it. Get rid of it. <laughs> it's, it's time to get. He's rid like, of no. It. It's, you know, it's like this is part of you know. Lee was a, a, a student of Washington, and I'm a student of Lee, and so on and so forth. But then he, you know, his wife brought up a very good point, which was people that come in our house see that they may take it a different way, and he, oh, yes, yeah, so, because the whole Virginia, um, Charlottesville. Thing and the monuments 
right. you know, all the controversy that's going on. Yeah. And, you know, he, he brought up a point I wanted to talk about, which was that um, he's human, you know, and, and he said he, he made a bad call. He played for the wrong team. Well, if you think about, I don't know enough about Civil War history to be a, to be considered anything but a, a novice. But all those guys that were generals in the Civil War, North and South, all went to school together. Yeah, they knew each other from West Point or right. wherever. Yeah. Or wherever. So, so now, yeah, it comes down to it. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to compare making a decision to be in the North and the, and the South, and as far as fighting goes, to VHS and Beta. But you know, back, <laughs> back in the day, you had to make was, you had to make a choice. You know, yeah. you, you, it's it's time to make a choice. Are you going to do the VHS or are you going to do the beta? I'm going to do the beta. Oh, well, you're wrong. You know. Well, VHS won the day. Right. But his point was that Lee threw in with the South, which was basically, you know, holding the torch out for slavery. Right. And at the end of the day, that was uh, probably... Incorrect. They call the wrong side of history, which I think is a stupid... It's a side of history. It's, yeah, it's a side of history. Um, it, it, if you're picking... Wrong sides, uh, you know, you can you can make general agreements. Things like uh, Hitler was wrong, you know. Yes, yes, that, <laughs> was, that was bad. That was it, bad. It doesn't mean you, so. You can say Hitler was an, an an incredible leader, right? Because he was able to mobilize all these people who were just awful things. But he wasn't a good leader. No, what well, his. At, by the time he became a leader in, in the power, again, I'm no, you know, I'm not, yeah, this, is not, this, this is not this, Dan this, this, Carlin's. Uh... Yeah, yeah, I don't know what the hell, you know. But ev eventually, he did it by f by brute force. Well, I think there was some charisma. And, and, I mean, they, they start, and he capitalized on people's fears. And right. People's he, he started off with char charisma and turned into a nationalist thing. And, and, yeah. then, and then it got to the point where he became full of himself and then insane. Right. And, and he used force to get what he wanted. But in the beginning, you're right. He had he had a, a certain you know. Anybody can stand up in, in front of a crowd and, and excite them, like him. You go, okay, yeah, he's a good leader. Yeah. But so, and that comes back to my point, which which is heroes and statues and monuments, paintings, this that, the other. Um, these people are still human. Sure. They have anyone that's human is not perfect. No. They've got issues. They have problems. Right. And. So I thought about that from a bass player perspective, with like some of our heroes. Or like, jo like yeah, Jocko. like like the obvious one is Jocko, who, who was or, um, or Mingus, or you know. Yeah, a lot of these guys had obvious issues. Issues, so there there's no statues, right, of them like we have you know like on a national level. What? All right, that that, beg that begs a question. I guess I'm I'm guessing the guy that asked these the the, the long thinking questions. When it comes to be to being a legacy of your life, you know, knowing that we're all here for a, f a finite period of time, as far as we know, as far as we know, yeah. Do you would you rather have a monument to your achievements or your a recognition of your achievements with a monument of some sort, or would you prefer to stand on what you've done and when you get to the end, you kind of throw your hands up and say, "Hey, this is who I am," like me or don't. You know, and, and that goes back to the human perspective, because if, if you're a human being, you know, who hasn't made a mistake? I'm not raising my hand, you know. Um, um, but when you get to the end, you know, do you meet the criteria for somebody that's led a good life? Yeah, a life well lived. And right. you don't need a monument for that. I think that 
you hope that your life itself is the monument, and you don't need you don't need a monument in the town square for you know for J. Right. And well, we're, well, exactly. And we're both you know fathers, so that's sort of your monument. Your legacy right. is is what you leave behind when you're gone, and how many. And even if you're not a parent, um, how many lives you've touched? Right. I think. There, there's one of these these movies out, and I'll screw it all to hell. It's a guy that did Tuesdays with Maury. Um, I don't know that one. Tuesdays with Maury is a book that uh, his his college professor was dying, and he would go visit him every Tuesday and get like life lessons as he was dying. And, oh. and Maury, even though he was dying horribly, you know, was always trying to be bright and, and cheery and everything else. Well, he wrote another book. Manny Album is his name. Manny Album is a sports. I think he was a sports writer at one point in time. Um, he wrote another book where. You, when you die, you meet all the people that that you, the, it's the lives that you've touched. Some of them are obvious, you know, the guy that you helped across the street or you know whatever may not be as obvious. But you realize after a certain point in time that 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 live touch thing turns into an exponential thing. So instead of it's just oh I only touched a few people's lives, it's like thousands because of of what you've done and how you acted, where you acted in such a way where you did something nice or, or you helped somebody out and you really didn't think about it. You weren't going, oh, this is my ticket into heaven or whatever. Right. And the 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 movie was kind of was kind of a. a I've a, heard it. I've never I've never seen it. Yeah, it's I, I only saw it like once, and it, it it was interesting because it was another Manny album thing, and I really liked the Tuesdays with Maury thing. The Tuesdays with Maury is a, is a movie with Jack Lemmon. You should see it. It's a really good. Yeah, movie. I'll need to check that out. I'll put it on my. My list. I can I can start watching movies today until I die, and I won't finish all the movies. I well, want it's the same thing with books. I, I have so many books I need to. Yeah, that that's the only problem with that stuff is you have to decide what's important for you. And sometimes it's based on the, the time that you're that you have or or what you got going on. Yeah. Well, right now it's I'm lucky to get here and do this. Yeah, it took us a couple weeks to get back into this. I know things. it's been a while. It's good to be back. It is good to be back. It's good to be back. Even nobody knows we were gone. <laughs> well, at the moment. At the moment. So what else you got for topics? Um, so uh, we could actually tie that into, um, yeah. So I'm kind of busy because I got this job. You, what? What? Yeah, I know. You're I'm working? working. I'm working. I'm still working. I can't wait to retire. Uh, and, and I came to this realization, and you probably realize this. It's the more money that I make, the less I do. The less you do in your job? It is just like... Ever. The more money... The higher I go up in the hierarchy, the less I'm associated with making the widgets. Right. 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 There's no more... So here's where this comes from. I do... Uh, there's a... It's called Tactical Leadership Course, and I do a portion of it. It's just taking care of people. Right. Which is easy for me to talk about because I've been doing this for 26 years. Sure. In the Air Force, taking care of people. And I go in with no PowerPoint or whatever. I just... I just, just talk. I, yeah, talk about... It'd be almost extemporaneous. It, it pretty much is, and with questions and trying to make it, you know, facilitate, get people to talk to you. That's where learning... Because I like to learn too. Well, sure, but it when I'm in a, in that environment, even though these it's it's young lieutenants and NCOs, if, it's still if you think that you can't talk to somebody and learn something, you're a fool. Not you personally, oh, but, gen, but under general circumstances, anybody. you could you could talk usually to, over the age of 
four. You could talk. To our th- you could talk to a three-year-old and learn something. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. this is true. You can learn something about yourself pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. So I um, I show up usually the base commander does the introduction to the course for an hour, and I show up and do the first module. And it was not the base commander, but it was the mission support group Fulbright Colonel. His name's Colonel Rose. And afterwards, you know, there's a break, and I'm, he, he's a good guy from Boston. Um, funny as hell. And he's like, this is all I do. I don't do anything anymore. All I do is talk. I talk, talk, talk. And he's, he's running a mission support group in an airbase wing. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's a leader of people. Right. And it, it, he used to be EOD. He used to, you know, lead the organization that defuses bombs. Right. And he was a leader of security forces, which is basically the air police or the air force's police. And now he's like, I don't, I just, this just is don't. what I do. Okay, so, so we'll go back to a topic inside of this that, sure. the, that the Air Force said years ago. I, I may not be saying it the right way because I've been retired for 12 years, but if you're doing your job correctly, you are training somebody else to replace you. Yes. So on a daily basis... You're not sitting in your ivory tower with your with your your three widgets a day or whatever. You're teaching somebody else what it takes to do your job because eventually you won't be there. Exactly. It's it's communication. Well, leadership is communication. Communication. Well, yeah. and in the process of this, maybe as an aside, instead of the chain of command being this long line that goes up like this, it's it's wide because now you have. Even even younger airmen, you know, haven't been in for a long time, or middle tier NCOs that are looking to get to get, uh, you know, more time. They learn these things, so now they're growing. So it, exponentially, it looks like a Christmas tree as opposed to a big giant spear. You know, right? And the higher up you get, the the people think, oh, you get to boss people around. It's like, no, that's really not the idea no. of leadership. No. The idea, you still have a mission to get done, and. You need people to do it. So how do you motivate people? How do you get them to want to do whatever it is? It's motivation and delegation. Yeah, there's a lot of delegation. But but in in that delegation becomes becomes problematic too because if you're dealing with somebody that's a middle tier NCO and the middle tier NCO feels comfortable about what they're doing, if you're in a workplace, you, you've been you've been working for a company for ten years, and you're going, hey, I, I kind of know what's going on. And then you got the low guy, and you're you're above the above the whole thing. This middle tier NCO or, or or leader should know exactly what's going on. They may have their own opinion of that. Mm-hmm. So when you give them a task, you delegate them a task. Sometimes you're you're specific. I want you to do one, two, three, A, B, C. If you're talking to somebody that's been with the company for two weeks, maybe it's one, two, three, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. The middle tier NCO, I I need this done. One. All the rest of them are assumed because of where you are and what you've learned. Now, that doesn't always work right that way because part of what you're doing when you're giving them that opportunity is you're giving them an opportunity to lead, turn around and delegate to the lower, the lower people on the list, help them grow and help themselves grow. But you as the leader need to make that choice about how far you go into that realm. You can say, I want you to do ABC one, two, three. Okay, boss, you got it. And what you're really hoping is that they'll do ABC one, two, three, four, five, six. But you're leaving that for them to decide, and it's a, it's it's kind of tacitly known. I think you have to give people plenty of rope 
to hang themselves? Yeah. No, I think. Uh, well, no, I think you have to let them fail and, and accept well, that. Let, letting somebody fail is 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 almost, in my opinion, one of the best ways to lead. Yeah, without like major repercussions. Oh, yeah, yeah, not no, not no, 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 not like, blowing yeah, up a bridge. Hey, or what did we learn like from that? What did right. we learn? From, what did you know? How do we? What, what's the takeaway? How do we not do, do this again? again? And and that goes back. And to not have that. repercussions of people having fear to fail. Failure fear. Fear to well, fail means I'm going to stay in my little box. Box, and I'm not going to do anything. And that goes back to what what you were talking about originally with heroes and humans. Mm -hmm. We're all humans. I don't care how good we do our job. We're going to make a mistake. Right. It may not be a heinous mistake, but it's going to be a mistake. And in those mistakes, you grow. So you keep everybody in that. It's like herding cats. You keep them in the, in the pen so they don't get out. But if there's a fight over here in the corner or if there's this over here, you just make sure that everybody works themselves out. So eventually at the end, we're not, you know, we're, we're still doing our job. So do you find this um, same concept applicable to when you're playing bass and you're, you're there's like a, I'm going out on the wire. I'm willing to take a chance. Right. And I find that when I play with guys that I really trust and people that aren't going to be assholes. Right. They're not going to look at you and go, what the hell did you do? Or hey man, you're I was playing from a, a place of fear. And sometimes it might just be intimidation because the person's really not that way, but you're in such awe of them. Mm -hmm. You're like, ah, oh, and you're almost like a deer in the headlights. But I, I know that when I play, sometimes it's... it's when there's, okay, if I screw up, this guy doesn't care. Man, we make great music. Right. Especially in jazz. In, in, in that situation where you're, I'll call it for one of a better way to explain it, flying by the seat of your pants. Mm -hmm. Feeling comfortable enough to fly by the seat of your pants. Maybe take a little bit of chances, but understanding where you fit in, where the guy next to you fits in. You will make better music in that circumstance, in my opinion. Right, because you're you're going. Hey, I'm loosey goosey. I'm gonna willing to try this. I'm willing to do this. And you might make a, a mistake, but you're not gonna dwell on it. No, it's like the quarterback who goes out, throws the interception, and comes back out like Brett Favre. Come back, he'd just be slinging I'm that ball. I'm gonna throw it again. I'm gonna throw it again, and I'm gonna get it right, or I'm not. And but, that's how you end up doing great things. I think yeah. if you have a timid or you're intimidated and you're just going to stay and I know this is fine, this works, works I'm going right. to stay here, I think it's the same thing in anything you do. Mm -hmm. Even like you're working at a music store. Right. There it, are probably kids that come in there and work and they're like, okay, I have to mind the register and I have to, they don't think, well, if I went and tuned the guitars or rearranged the guitars so that it makes more sense for people, to, you know, doing above and beyond without fear of what, what are you doing touching what, what, the, the goddamn guitars? It, it, it's, it's funny you should say that because the prior job I had, if you did that, if you did, if you thought on your own, not the Air Force, but if, uh, a retail job, and you did something else, nope, these are the things you need to do, A, B, and C. Go on. And, and okay, I did A, B. And the thing that killed me about the, the job was I did A, B, and C, and I sat there afterwards and go, okay, I did my work. What are you doing? You need to be doing more work. Well, you gave me A, B, and C, and I did A, so B, and don't C. Don't do anything more you than did, A, B. You did, that's all, you know, you, there's no room for inflection or in, you know, at all. In the music job, after leaving that job and going to the music job, the person I'm dealing with that's my manager, she, her attitude is, I know who you are. There's nothing you can do that'll screw anything up. You just do what you think is right, and I guarantee it will be. That's very empowering, and I think you can get a lot done. Yeah. When you feel like someone has your back, especially your boss.
Yeah, because I, I did something, it, you know, I mean, it's music, it's a music store, but, but the guy came in and wanted strings changed for, for the guitars. And we have a repair shop, and that costs money to do that. Right. You know, and, and this guy's doing it for his, for his elementary school, and he's like, hey, man, can you help me out? I, I, can't, really, I can't really do this. I'm going to have to pay for it and then go ask for money. No, dude, I'll do it for you. That's fine. And I went in the next day, and I said, this is what I did. She goes, that sounds good to me. You know, and it, it's silly, and it's innocuous. But at the same time, it's, uh, it's something that you go, I'm doing this, and I'm thinking about it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going right. to worry about the repercussions. And, and if I'm wrong, so be it. That's the other right. part of it. You have to be confident enough to make a mistake. And if you make a mistake, you, 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 that's the, the other thing, thing is taking ownership for your mistake in the process you learn. The taking ownership is the hard part. People don't like to admit when they're wrong. And but, it's a tough lesson to it, learn. It's, it's a tough lesson, but I, I had a similar circumstance with something else at the music store. I made a mistake on a contract, and uh, I did the wrong thing. So I went, okay, I made a mistake. I raised my hand and said, yeah, I made a mistake. Now tell me what I need to do to fix it, because I don't want to do it again. You know, And, and, and as it turned out that, yeah. that day, something else happened similarly, and I didn't do it again. I learned from it. And I don't care. You know, uh, I, I, I'd be, I'm almost willing to start the conversation by saying, I'm wrong. Tell me what I need to do to right. fix it. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. What's interesting about, you know, going back to the more, the more I make, the less I do. Oh, yeah, People yeah, yeah. think that, well, you know, like a manager's job is, is awful. Why it's, would they say that? Well, I think I, people think or they hate their boss or they don't like their, you know, superiors, so on and so forth, and they don't realize that that's a crap, it's it's a hard job, man. Managing people, say you work at McDonald's, you manage 12 people? Maybe more. And Yeah, maybe shift. more, maybe more. And you think, oh, well, that guy's got it easy, he's the boss. To the contrary, he's got all the problems of the 12 people under him. Well, the other, the other thing is he's got the people, and it's retail. So you got customers that are five different ways of angry, even agitated. Even if it's not, even if it's just you got people making widgets or whatever. I'm, if you look at a bell curve, ten percent of people are crazy. Yeah, ten percent of people aren't doing crap. So and, you got to deal with that guy. And then you got eighty percent in the middle that are that are somewhere knowledgeable and not doing something. You know. That's a crappy job. You're, that's stressful. The more people you are responsible for. Right. I remember when, like, when I was an airman, I was, uh, you know, staff sergeants, were, you know, my supervisor, whatever. I'm like, what a moron! It's like I could do this job so much better, man. I'm like, this guy's an idiot. And then you put that stripe on a couple years down the road, and you go, oh crap, oh that sucks. Yeah, I hate. <laughs> what do I do? I yeah. thought I knew everything. I'm I, like, you don't tell anybody that. You think you got to figure it out? I I said like, this. Oh, I, I said this on more than one occasion in different jobs. I'm a really good second banana. I, I, I'm really. Am. I'm the best Monday morning quarterback. Uh, well, no, not Monday morning quarterback, but but the second banana where where the where the boss goes. We're going to do this. I'm going. Oh, okay, no problem, dude. Do you think about this? Do you think about that? And it, they go, oh, okay, cool. And it's not it's not Vinny going. I want your job, dude. It's somebody that doesn't have the stress of being on high making that decision, and somebody saying, hey, could you consider this? Maybe. I have. I never. In my career, I've never turned away somebody saying something like that to me. And the reason being is that uh, you don't know everything as a leader. You, you, if, if you do, 
then you don't. Then you don't. You definitely don't. And you're in the wrong, wrong gig. But if, if you listen to somebody and you go, all right, you told me you want me to do this. Let's, let's try it. What, what, what's the worst that can happen? And then if it fails, you'll come and go, okay, we tried it. Now we're going to do it my way or whoever way is, is prescribed. That, in a way, empowers people, too. Well, he, he did try what I wanted, but it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, dumbass. Yeah. I, mean, I used the word dumbass a lot when I was in the Air Force for that reason. It was on a lot of my reports. Not in your, none of yours. <laughs> you were fine. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, you, 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 oh. Only, you only make advance because you make, make mistakes. mistakes. I advance of art. I must tell you that. Right, man, that guy has screwed up a ton. <laughs> well, the 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 one part of that 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 I'll I'll say, and we can move on to another topic if you'd like, is making a mistake or making multiple mistakes and learning from it is not a, is not a bad thing. However, when you make a mistake and you continue to go the other way and you don't learn from the mistake or you make another similar mistake or it becomes this thing like you're a, a snowball going downhill, then it's like. Yeah, that guy's not right. Yeah, but we yeah. see that a lot. Yeah. You see yeah. that a lot. Yeah, you see it a, absolutely a lot. Sometimes you see it more than the other thing. You give the guy an opportunity, you give the, the, the lady an opportunity, and they, they mess up, and you go, well, that's just a learning experience. And then like three weeks later, you're going, oh, oh, no, this, this is this how is, you operate. What the hell? This is messed <laughs> up. We got to fix it. Now, but, and, but now that gives you a job. <laughs> Your job as a leader is to go, come here. We need to talk. Don't Again, do Again, back in my office. And, yeah, I, I, I've really got the answer for this. Yeah, so um, I work with, you know, these airmen, and it's funny because we talk about negativity bias. Okay. Because it's a resiliency course, and... Humans are naturally drawn towards negative. Sure, they'll go. They'll go negative first before they want. Yeah, that's where we live. We live in the oh, something, something bad's about to happen. <laughs> it's, it's all going to hell. Ah! Armageddon, uh, cats and dogs living together. You know, so there's a spiral down. There's a spiral up. You know, trying to stay positive, and you have to be. You have to make a concerted effort to be positive. Oh, you do. There's no question about right. it. It's just so easy. It's built in our, you know, after 30 million years of evolution, you know, from lobsters. That's right. just how it is. Right. You're just trying to survive, baby. Yeah, look at those damn things. I know. So there's uh, this graphic. It's spiraling down and one spiraling up. Negativity bias is the spiraling down. And it's just like one bad thing, another blah, blah, blah. So these young kids, I tell them, you guys are all pilots, so you know this. And they look at me like, what? I'm like, yeah, when you go home, and you say, I'm in the Air Force, and everyone says, oh, what do you fly? Yeah. So you're all pilots, so you know this, and they get a good chuckle. Right. And uh, I said, so when you're flying your plane, when you're on the flight deck, and you push down on the joystick, what happens? You go up? No, you, you crash. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what the hell? I'm not a pilot. You were in the Air Force. I'm not a pilot. What did you fly? Nothing. A desk. If you push down on it, houses get bigger. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what you need to do... Pull up. Pull back on the stick and houses... Get smaller. See, you are a pilot. You do figure, you, you figure this out. I, I, yeah, okay. Where's my cookie? <laughs> you put a star on your forehead. Yeah, that's perfect. I walk around with a, with a little gold star. You want to talk about patience. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
how did how did you learn or did you learn about patience? I have a story behind mine. That's why. Yeah. So um, I was working at Montefiore Hospital in Oakland, Pennsylvania, and I learned that these people come in on gurneys, and they're called patients. <laughs> Not that kind of patience. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> the one with a C, not a T. <laughs> oh, patience. Oh, wow. How? Well, let's let's back up. Let's, we're we're gonna we're, we're gonna have a, a let a, me count the ways. He's got fifty-four years of Jr. and and his, and his life. Were you a patient child? I think I was fairly patient, from what I remember. Okay. Were you a patient um, uh, adolescent? It depends. I mean, certain things I was patient with, certain things just, you know, I would be anxious about and have anxiety. Even well, anxi anxiety and patience aren't necessarily... You a mean opposite. patience with other people? Patience in general. Understanding that when you, when you get to a circumstance, whatever the circumstance is, whether it's a person or whether it's a circumstance... Yeah, so you that's, have the that's a really good question. Yeah, you have to have the ability... All right, I'll... I'll, I'll hold on, hold on, because okay, I, right. I, I, I... So, let's talk about like working on let's say changing your oil or working on your motorcycle or something it's, it's okay very, now it's very simple because you go to youtube and the guy shows you right you take this screw out to remove the plate sure and you go to take the screw out and you find out it's stripped now what do you do so patience right you have to getting upset at a broken at a stripped screw doesn't do a whole lot. <laughs> well, it, depending on on how you get upset and what you're what you're doing about the upset. The, so the the result of no patience. We'll do, we'll we'll do it like patience, no patience. Okay. The result of patience is analytical, uh, taking a deep breath and trying to find a better or another solution. Whether whether you say I can't fix this, I'm going to take it to my mechanic. I'm going to go get one of those little strip, strip screw things that you, you put in the drill, mm -hmm. and it'll, it'll take the screw out, then I have to go buy another screw. Or just rip uh, the whole damn or, plate off. Or just off. rip the plate off with a crowbar, and you know, it. and just say, I'm going to start over again and get whatever. Patience requires a thought that leads to a decision or a change of decision to get an answer. But if you are not patient, so the non-patient side, mm -hmm. where you go, this mother button did and that, I can't get this thing off and you run inside and trip on a damn rock and hit your head on the, on the curb. And then beat your dog. And beat your dog, you know, whatever, you know. And, and, or, 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 or you, kick the, you kick the motorcycle and now you've broken an ankle and you can't ride it anyway. Yeah. yeah. You know, so the, the non-patient person or the non-patient decision right. is one out of, of um, angst, anger, and not thinking or oh, yeah. or thinking in a way that is not very deep i'm mad damn it i kicked the the, the motorcycle oh shit i didn't realize it was going to break my foot you know or the motorcycle was going to fall over and i had another problem right right we talk about this um in resiliency i call it the um, abc um activating event your brain responding to it and the consequences consequences yeah yeah so it's, the activating event is, is it, it's really it's nothing until your brain assigns meaning to it. Sure. Whatever the circumstance is. I like broke a pencil. Some, damn it. You know. Somebody cutting you off in traffic. Right. Oh, boy. That activates just about every and anybody. 
because there's we don't realize there's another human being. You know, we're not looking them in the eye right. when we're honking the horn or giving hand gestures to <laughs> so on. So Multiple forth. hand gestures. Yes. We just know that this person is trying to kill me and right. I'm going to, you know, you get, you know, your, your heart gets faster, you start sweating. You get angry. Famous one for me is I throw my I throw my hands up and then I realize my hands aren't on the wheel and I could be causing an accident. What the hell? And the guy behind you is going, "Oh, this guy's trying to kill me." Next yeah. thing you know, you know we're spiraling down. Yeah, right. Houses are getting bigger. Bigger, right? And we're all screwed. Yeah, we're yeah. yeah. Houses get bigger until they don't. They yeah. just explode yeah. until you until know? you're sitting in somebody's living room. So, but no, that's that's kind of um, a very you know the same kind of concept of patience or stepping back from the event or whatever it is and, and, and kind of analyzing, right. thinking this okay. through. Now, uh, I'll, I'll, throw this, I'll throw this out in this way. And I'm just, I was thinking about this while we're talking about this. Patience itself can be learned. The results of patience can be created by an event. And if you have the ability, and I'll, the, I'll tell this story which, which applies to this. You can look and forecast what you see coming and then go, okay, I need to change what I normally do in this circumstance. I'll give you my example. I was in Japan for three years. I'm from the East Coast, like you are, basically, yep, you know, from basically, Pittsburgh, yep. big city. You want things done now. You want things done your way and to hell with everybody else that's getting in your way. I got to Japan. Two circumstances turned, this, turned me into learning more about being patient. One, we had to fly to either Kadena Air Base in Okinawa from, from Japan or Guam. Flying those places directly from Tokyo or suburb of Tokyo was a, was a pretty easy thing. If you went straight and direct, what the Air Force did was they're saying, no, 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 we don't have a direct flight for five musicians and their gear. You're going to send your gear early, no problem. And then you're going to wait till there's a milk run. Milk runs are literally that. We're taking supplies from one base to mm -hmm. another in Southeast Asia. So the plane starts in Tokyo or, or outside of Tokyo, flies to Korea which I don't recommend to anybody, <laughs> and then flies south in Korea to a place even worse than, than, than where we were right in Seoul, and then to Okinawa, and then to Guam, where we were eventually headed. Instead of the flight taking two hours or three hours, it took almost 10 right. because of all that. And to start the day off even better, you know, when you go on a trip. You had to be there three hours early to wait to get on Not the only three hours early, <laughs> it was four freaking o'clock in the, the morning. morning. Sure was. Of course So was. we literally checked in, and, and I, the first time this happened, I'm going, okay, when we get in the plane? I go, dude, the plane doesn't leave till like 8. 8 a.m.? Why are we here? Why the hell are we here? Because we have to check in, because that's how it works. Why? You know, I felt like a three-year-old kid. I was asking <laughs> why for every reason on the planet. 
well, we're, we're going to go get breakfast. Well, that's really nice. What are we going to do? Done that all I got to go home, right? <laughs> so by the time, and then we get to Korea and they, they have us in a holding holding area because we're, we're in another country. We would have to go through customs. But yeah. if we stay in a holding area, you don't have to be through customs. That's right. What are we doing here? Waiting. Waiting for what? The plane is going to take us south. South where? To South Korea. How long is that? Two hours. What am I supposed to do with that? And these guys are pulling out peanuts out of their pockets or books or whatever. And I'm going, okay, I'm missing something. What the hell? So I had no, absolutely no patience for any of this for the first two or three months that I was there. Then I realized, hey, man, I can get like biscuits and gravy at the, at the, the, you know, the cafeteria. And I, if I find the right place and I put this pillow under my head the right way, I can get like a 20 or 30 minute nap. And if I really was working on a tune, I could look at the tune. I could listen to music, you know, or whatever. And I had shit to do. And I made a decision to be patient. Because I had no other choice, yeah. You know, so it forced you, forced you to be patient. But that, in and of yeah, but there were there were probably people that never developed that skill. That's a skill that you learned. Yeah, yeah, and it was a skill based on on these are the facts, and you can't change them. Now, if this was Vinny in a situation where I was a bazillionaire, and I could I could change circumstances, I'd be on a plane going, I'm going this way. I'll meet you there. I'll be under on the beach, you know, catching catching some rays and see you 12 hours later life doesn't work that way yeah i i found that out you know multiple times <laughs> but that but that's a, that's a, that's the thing about where you learn patience and how you learn patience and what you do when you learn that and if you see something like that in the in the future since i i was in japan and i've seen these circumstances where you can tell this is going to be a long time. Same, same thing goes with traffic in Japan. It can take up to six hours to get 30 minutes away. So when I got back here... You realize what you just said? Six hours to get 30 minutes away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. To get 30 minutes away, it took six hours. Yeah, ridiculous. I could have walked faster there. Um, just couldn't make it through the smog. But the, the point is is that you, you now see the circumstances coming, and you go, okay, all right, I, I see this way far away. I'm going to hit the patience thing so by the time it gets here, I'm not mm. pissed off. Yeah. So that's looking, looking like forecasting patience, I guess you'd call it. I don't know. And there's different levels. I mean, there's like daily levels of it, but there's also, if you look at your career, you know, when I first came in the military and it was like, I was very impatient. I wanted to. Everybody was. I wanted to make more money. You I wanted make, to have more power. You wanted I wanted to, get, to be in charge. You wanted, wanted to get the job something. done three times faster than and, it needed to be. And, and it's really, you have to have some patience. The, the hurry up and wait thing carries a lot of a lot of weight to that. You learn a lot when you're waiting. You yeah. can. Take you, advantage. Can, you can. You can. You can turn it into the worst time of your life. You really you know. have. And people didn't have. And, and will. Yeah. <laughs> So when you hear the, the phrase company man, is that a compliment or an insult to you? You're a company man? Um, that's a compliment to me. Hmm, interesting. It doesn't, you don't feel that way? No, I, I do. I, I've heard it used as, oh, he's a company man. Like, like he wouldn't dare do something outside the box. Something like that, yeah. Now, see, I, I flip it the other way. Uh, and it, it, I'll use myself as a, as a, a career thing. I have always been a company man, but I also know that the world is not a black and white place. Oh, no, it's very gray. It's very gray. And, and you can still be a company man and, t and tow the company line, but when it comes to dealing with rules and regulations, you can bend, not break, 
maybe in some cases break. You may have to. You may have to, depending on the circumstances. Yeah. But you bend them to fit the circumstances that you're in. Because I believe that every circumstance, although justified by rules and regulations, are all not the same. You know, um, failure to go because you just said, I'm not doing it, is different than, you know, you were on your way to work, you ran over a cat, your car got a flat, you were, you know, it's still the same outcome. And you can be treated differently in the process depending on if oh, you're a company, company man or not. Well, I, I mean, that's circumstance. If you, if, if you get in an accident or you hit somebody or something like that and you're late for work. Right. Um, you have responsibilities as a citizen. To as, take care as, of all that. Yeah, as right. a member of the, um, the human race. On top and of as, more importantly, <laughs> as a member of the human race, you need to do the right thing. But in, but in the but, process, if you do that, if, if you do that once in your career, that's, that's, a, that's a circumstance where somebody will look at you and go, hey, man, I, I, I get it. No worries. You know, you were taking care of business. You know, you showed me the flat tire, the blood on the, the hood, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, but, but if, it happened, if it happened six times well, in six months. Well, if you're lying months, and you're not actually hitting people on the work every well, day, well, or if you are, there's, there's a problem either way. Oh, well, I hit someone on the way to work again. Yeah. <laughs> we, That's a problem. Well, then you send them to class yeah, and, you know, take away their driving license. Driving classes yeah. don't work. Have you ever heard of Uber, you know? <laughs> But, but, you know, it's, it's a different thing in that particular case. If you're doing your job as a company man, and this is the view I have as opposed to, oh, he's a company man, he would never do anything, you know, uh, yeah, against, yeah. against what, what's going on. But if you're a company man and you do your job and you falter here or there, and it's, again, they're innocuous things. They're not, I've, dr I've driven over three dead bodies in two days. I'm, I'm sorry, my eyes don't really feel good. Um, that's a whole different story. But if you're doing something and, and, and you've made a mistake, they look at you and go, I really, that's fine. That's not a big deal. I, yeah. I, 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 give you, I missed a gig a couple months ago because we talked about wait, that. Wait, all right, yeah. Well, on a different podcast. The point, the point. No, of, I mean, you and I talked about Oh, yeah, about that, right, right. The, the, the point of Thanks for that gig, though. I really, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, been yeah, paying yeah, really well yeah, ever did. since I took yeah, over that yeah, gig. They, they, they keep calling you. <laughs> I, I, I ran into the guy that, 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 booked, that booked the gig the other day, and I, I looked at him. I'm sorry, dude. And he goes, really? Honestly? He says, not it, was, it was not, not only was we, it not a big deal, he says, not only do we all make mistakes, he says, but I think I led you down that path. Yeah. Because he, he was talking about different dates and everything else. But it's because every other gig on the planet that I got called to do, I was always there two hours early sitting in the yeah. parking lot playing on my phone, you know. Because right. I don't, because I For fear of. For fear of missing a gig. Right. So the first time I do, I feel like, you know, the world is crushing, you know, coming down on me. And he's like, honestly, man, it ain't no big deal. Oh, okay. I mean, you didn't get paid, so you know, don't worry about it. Yeah. Well, getting back to the company man thing, I think that if it's not illegal, immoral, unethical, right, then I think you have the ability to work within parameters. Parameters to make changes and not just be a yes man. Yeah. No, I don't. The point, two of the point of clarification here is that I do not see the word. I don't take the two words "company man" as a yes man. Me too. Okay. Yeah. So there are people to do that. Because yes man to me is a is a brown noser. Right. I'm going to just appease my boss to the point, just for my own self uh, preservation slash. Grandchise, yeah, well, or, or for promotion or whatever. Right. I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm, you got that right, man. The sky's yeah, green, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, yeah, like the guy in uh, what was the movie with um, Charlie Sheen in Vietnam? 
platoon. Yeah, platoon. The one guy was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was Bradley. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, 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 boss. Yeah, you, you're always right. Yeah, right. yeah. It's like, okay, so that's different than, you know, for me, company man is, if, if, if that's a negative thing, it being called a company man is a negative connotation that tells me you're with the wrong company. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like the wrong people. Yes. Because people say, oh, well, he's just, he's a, he's a company man. Well, if you didn't like the company, why are you with the company? Because it's not just the Air Force. It could be Nike or Apple or the NFL or whoever. Well, here, here, here to, to that end, but on a, on a side, I won't stay there too long. Oh, I'm, feel free. Yeah, well, at this point, you know, you're going to have to. Exactly. It doesn't matter now. It doesn't really matter now. Yeah. I've already, yeah. If, if you have people like that, that that are agreeing with you to the point of, of, of everything else, and oh, the yes man, the yes man, yeah, yeah, and and then you have the people on the other side that somebody comes in and turns on the light to get into the building. Oh God, that light's ridiculous. That I've had, I've had, I'm, you know, and they complain about every last thing on the planet. There's no right answer. It's all wrong. That person did this wrong. I would do this different. We may not even say that. Right. Those people drive me insane. People that wear their rebellion as a badge of honor. Yeah. And you're a company man. Well, you're in the wrong job, dude. Yeah. We're here for a reason. I, I don't get on board. I had several com several conversations with people in the Air Force. Oh yeah. You don't belong in this job. Don't. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. No, you just don't belong in this you. job. You know, find, find somewhere where you will be happy. Yeah, please be happy. Because yeah. because I got a guy that I work with now. Because you're making me unhappy. Yeah, I, I got a guy <laughs> I work with now. That the first thing something goes wrong, and he is always on the negative side of it. He's been yeah. with this job for five years. Negativity and, bias. And I'm looking at him, going, "How old are you?" And he just turned thirty. I was like, "Dude, you're working at a music store, and you're thirty years old." <laughs> Come on, that's like working at a Seven Eleven. Get, get, get a real paying job. I, I, am fifty six. I'm on my, I'm on my way out of the workforce. I'm trying to do as little as possible, make some money, and be happy. I, I'm not sitting this, sitting this job and complain because somebody left this open or somebody moved this. What's wrong with people? There's a pick on the counter again. Yeah. yeah. What's Jeez. wrong? Jeez, these guys. Yeah. Or somebody leaves a, a piece of paper. We don't need this piece of paper. Why do they do this? I can't believe this. He, he, he emailed me today, there's a special order for somebody, and I, and I had called them, but I didn't write anything on the sheet. He goes, did you, did, did you call him? I go, yeah, I said, yeah, I did. He goes, well, that's good, because it would have been your ass if you did. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> no, because, because, I'm 50-some years old. Nothing's going to be my, my ass at a music store. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, could, I could. I used to sit on planes going to Korea. Yeah. Listen to me, Listen, young I, man. Yeah, what, what the hell are you doing? Get a job. <laughs> Get a real job. Where is this, you're is this how you, you go out on a weekday looking for a job? It, today's now you, a, today's now, a week. Now you sound today's like the old grandpa a, sitting on this. Oh, I remember when I went my first job. That's, that's from Lebowski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah, Lebowski yeah, quote. Yeah. Is this how you go out looking for, for a job? job? Is, is, is today a weekday? <laughs> that's a great show. That's a great show. Get a job, man. <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great show. The bum's lost. <laughs> the bum's lost. Do, do what your parents did. Get a job. Get a job. The do to buy. You tell, yeah, you gotta, you gotta lay that on a man. I, I guess I, I guess I need to start drinking white Russians <laughs> and wearing bathrobes. Yeah, Jackie, <laughs> make a mean white Russian. Nice Caucasian, Jackie. <laughs> nice Caucasian. That's beautiful. I got a chance to watch that with Rachel, my daughter. Oh yeah. Yeah. She like it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. She. Uh, she got for. 
Christmas, she got me a Big Lebowski bottle opener. It's got well, the dude. It's oh, got like, it says, it's like a it nice say, metal. Does it say things? Like the dude abides or anything it, it like that? It just says the Big Lebowski, oh. and it's got like a, this um, engraving of, of the dude. Oh, cool. You know, like it, I'll show it to you when we're done here. It's like, yeah, I love anything that I, has to do with the dude. I had one that I brought on the road at the time. Mezzanotti would love the damn thing. It was Homer Simpson. But when, when you open it up, it goes, mmm, beer. <laughs> it was poor. It was, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> I probably wore that damn thing. I don't even know what that thing is. Oh, Paul. We miss you, Paul. Yes, we miss you, Paul. We're going to come join you in Dunedin, Tampa area. Did, did you, uh, you you go visit him when you went yeah, to Yeah, I saw him last weekend. How is he? He's doing great. Good. Yeah, man, he's doing good. Playing a lot, having a good time? Um, Having a good time. Not playing a lot? He's like you. He's retired, man. Yeah. He probably he's got had, a nice little house down in... He probably has more money. Well, maybe he's a retired not. master. Depends on how much disability. You guys probably stayed in about the same amount of time. About the same amount of time. Probably did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he also had an ex-wife, so did I. Yeah, you both are in the same boat. He's going. To, he's using his GI Bill to get some edu education. Didn't he finish this thing at Emory, Emory Riddle? Or? No. <laughs> he was always... Yeah. He, he, is the he didn't finish the cooking thing either. Cooking thing? Yeah, he, he went to uh, culinary school. Oh my God! I can't imagine. Oh, him he's a good cook. Oh, I, I'm sure he's a good cook, but yeah, his ma his mouth would have got him in trouble faster than anything else. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding? In, in a kitchen? Yeah. It, well, that's all they do is swear. Yeah, yeah. No, but 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 going. <laughs> you don't do that. Yes, you do. Shut up. You know. Not not. Paul that. would fit right in a kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Prep cook. There, it wouldn't matter. He could be the bus boy. He'd be like. There was a there was a bass player, uh, before your time, named Steve Ragazzi. Was, I think Rags was up in Boston before. I've heard the name Rags. Yeah, Rags. Rags. I saw him at the the NAG in uh, DC in '91, and he was getting ready to get out. And I said, "What are you doing?" He goes, "I'm going to cooking school." What? Yeah. And he's, he was he was a good cook. Well, now he's playing in Kansas City and and you know loving life. I'm sure he still cooks, but he, he didn't stay in cooking school very long. That's why, I'm, that's why I'm laughing at Mezzanotti. I'm going, yeah, I can't imagine being a cook in school. He can cook, man. Oh, yeah. He knows his shit. Um, I, got another, I got another one for you. So have you ever, like, changed your routine and it, like, screwed you bad? Every damn day. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're, oh, because you changed something in your morning routine, and then next thing you know, it's like, jeez. All I'll say is that, as most men, your morning constitutional happens, you know, sometime directly after getting up. Yes. I had that change in such a way where for about a month, my morning constitutional was showing up about 2 a.m. This is more than our yeah. listeners want to know, but go ahead, please. <laughs> all, I, all I'll say is that that changed my life dramatically for, so, for a month. <laughs> Triple work. Well, where's my underwear? What the hell? What's I the usually hell? wear underwear. <laughs> You're in the wrong house, dude. <laughs> usually doesn't wear underwear. What am I doing wearing underwear? What Why does the house smell at 2 a.m.? <laughs> Never mind. Yes, I've changed my routine in uh, more ways than one, and it's gone to hell. So th this was an epic fail for me. Um, we were in Baltimore, uh, and we kind of were hubbing out of downtown. Right. And we'd have to drive two hours to these oh, God. other places yeah. to play gigs. It was the jazz band. And um, something, the bus broke down. I know that's hard to believe. The bus broke down. Oh, we had to get another bus. 
So we rented a bus or something like that. I can't remember. But what I would do, and my, you know, I left my garment bag with my uniform on the bus. It was always on the bus. So you never had to worry about it not having it. It was always, you know, put it back together. Put it nice and neat in the bus. Nice in the garment bag. Hang it back where everyone hangs the garment bag. I can see this now. And the bus breaks down, so everything's got to come off the bus into the room. So, next day, I come down like I always do. Upright base strapped over my shoulder. Into the elevator with a backpack of music and whatever else. And I get on the bus. Everything's fine and dandy. Until we're about an hour into the two-hour trip. And I just... It just hits me. <laughs> I've had those days. My uniform <laughs> is in my hotel room. The gig's in about three hours. We're still an hour from the destination before we had to set up to the sound check. Yeah. Epic fail. <laughs> and I think I was a senior master sergeant. Of course you were. Of course you were. Don't do what I do, kids. <laughs> it was so, uh, so, yeah, it was rather embarrassing. Um, so what do you do? Fall on your sword and tell somebody? Well, I went for, yeah, I went to the NCYC, the guy in charge, and said, hey, man, my uniform is back at the hotel. And? It's, it's not like I'm going to wait until, yeah, I could have waited until. I can't find my uniform. Know, Where's my uniform? I'm sure it's way. lost. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, dude, I, I can't believe I did this, but I left my garment bag up in my room. I don't have a uniform. So what happened? Uh, I borrowed a uniform from the sound guy. Well, that's a perfect answer. It was much too large. <laughs> who was this? Who was this? Kelsey McDonald. Oh, of course. That's <laughs> who was the staff sergeant at the time. That's perfect. So I was like, "Listen, guys, this happened. This this could happen to you as well." So don't yeah, be like me. Don't, listen, I, I, I'm telling you, I fail all the time. This is how I learn. Right. So. That was epic fail, and I, I said, luckily, we've come up with a great solution, and I'm going to wear Sergeant McDonald's um, uniform. Please don't take any pictures. <laughs> <laughs> you know that one, they're oh, that, 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 Staff Sergeant Herb. It, it was hilarious. It, it got to the, the point with the rock band where we were, we were having issues like that where you were just people would forget stuff. Or we would have them all, all our uniforms thrown into the back of the van, and they they didn't look good, you know. Oh yeah. I, I never I never looked good in uniform to begin with, as far as that goes. <laughs> but but it made it. Made it made I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> yeah, no, on I, I, air, I, but. I said it first. Um, so we I designed a, an anvil wardrobe case. Oh yeah. It was nice. It's probably still around here somewhere that you threw it away, because it's old. But this thing, it, the nice thing about it was it was twofold purpose. You put all your uniforms in it. I had a bar across. Everybody put their uniforms in their bottom little drawers. No, yeah. That's, no that's, good. You can stu stuff anything else. And, and it had a lid. And it was at the end of the truck. So it held everything in. Oh, yeah. So And it was the first thing off, last thing on. Did you have a dunce box in there? Yes. I, 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 carried, I carried enough stuff. I was the guy that if you said, I need... I don't have any ribbons. 
Oh, I've got four or five different versions. Right. Take take this one. This is. We're this an upside is, down. No one will know. Yeah, yeah. Nobody will know. Just just put a just put a. I don't have my name tag. Oh, well, you're, you're you're Vinny today. You're Vinny. Yeah. <laughs> my name's Vinny. Yeah, yeah. But that that that, ha that happened all the time, where I had something. I was a guy that if somebody says I need a piece of string, I I had it, or whatever. I don't miss those days. Oh, as much God. as I loved it, I just don't have any desire, at my age now to. To what, go back on the road? Yeah. I really don't. I mean, even if it was like a major act, I, I, I would hesitate. There's a lot of reasons for me to say that I wouldn't do that. One, in, inside myself first, is that at 56, the normal things that I would do at 36 or 26 or 46 require different planning. Like at 2 a.m.? Like 2 a.m. <laughs> shitting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But that's that's beside the point. At least right, it's not right. on the gig. Yeah. But the other thing, it could be. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah, on the gig, brother. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, but the second part of that is is you're in a different station in your life. You know, you got a you bounced around a lot. You, I mean, been that's, plenty it's of good. touring. Been plenty of touring, plenty of playing. I I ran into um, years ago. Uh, Travel Tech was in was in Dayton, ninety eight, ninety eight or ninety nine. And I went to go, I, I had kind of corresponded with Gary Willis on, on, it wasn't Facebook yet, it was something else. I was MySpace or whatever the hell it was, his webpage. And we were talking about dogs. And he has a bunch of dogs and it, it, was, it was nice. So on the, on the break, I went up and introduced myself. And he goes, yeah, he's a badass. He's a badass. Yeah. And, and he's the kind of guy that if I was him, I would, I would play until my fingers fell off. Yeah. You know? And I was talking to him, um, and I, I said, uh, what's, your, "What's your plans? What do you, what, you know, what are you guys doing?" He goes, "I'm pretty much done." You know, yeah. I, he says, "He says this is all fun, and I'm having a great time, and we do a lot of traveling and everything else." He says, "But I've seen everything I want to see. I just want to go home and play with my dogs." Jeff Beck's kind okay. of that way. We um, just saw special on him. Yeah, you were telling me that. And uh, yeah, he's, you know. But he's still passionate about playing. See, this is this is the thing that gets me because I've had a couple conversations with Air Force guys about they, like Air Force like, band guys, Air Force band guys yeah. that just want to stop playing. And I'm like, why would you? Why do that? would you do that? Yeah. I want to I want to play until my fingers fall off, you know, or die on stage with Chrissy in the audience going, "That was fantastic," and you know, then I'm dead. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm speaking at your. What what's that? I'm going to speak at your funeral. You, you better. Yeah. You know, if I'm still, well, <laughs> or I'll, you can speak at mine. <laughs> I'll, I'll, make, I'll, I'll make you a promise. One of us will do the other's for funeral. How's that? You know, unless we die together, then then, well, our, then, yeah. then our collective wives are going to go. Well, you know, they were the cast of On Base at Up Point died in a tragic plane accident as they swooped over a bus, <laughs> try try trying to go high and not low. And then, <laughs> they tried to get high, but they were sucked down by the low end again. Again. That we will not be broadcasting anymore. <laughs> Rest in peace, Vinny and Jr. But the the, the point I, when they were telling me that I'm going, what's wrong with you people? I want to play bass forever. Yeah, you know, I, I'm hoping that, I mean, that, I that that I can tune a harp in, in in heaven to you know E A D and G. You know, I mean, come on, you know. Can, can we throw a low B on this <laughs> yeah. harp? Yeah, is there any? I really haven't had a six string before. Could you give me a six string harp? I've I've really been interested in doing that. And and here, I guess I could do everything. So it's good. Cherub uh, Vinny. No, that uh, can I can't imagine that. You know, I won't get my wings. I'll get my anvil weight. You know, here, hold this. <laughs> oh Lord. I can only imagine. Yeah. So, oh, I got one more thing. It's a new section of the show. Oh. It's called, it's like whenever we run out of things to talk about, 
We're going to go to the Weller. Go to the Weller. Yeah. So we texted Scott Weller to ask. No, him. you have to tell a story about Scott Weller. Oh, oh, oh! All right, all right. So let's let's go to the Weller. All right. So Scott Weller was in Japan with me. Scott Weller was at a party in northern Japan where there are not many Americans there, and the Japanese have part pre-party, party, post-party, and then if you're not drunk in karaoke, and then blind. <laughs> Scott in one day. Did all those things. Oh, Lord. And to the point where he was up till about 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. We had to leave 6 o'clock in the morning to go to a gig. He showed up at the gig. Well, we, we, had to, we stopped on the way. He went to the bathroom. NCYC and I are, are going, where's Scott? I don't know. Last time I saw him, he was going to the bathroom. The NCYC goes in there, and these are the words. Dwayne's like, Scott? Dwayne, is that you? I can't see. <laughs> What? He partied till he was blind. <laughs> he partied till he was blind. He was temporarily blinded for a few minutes with all the alcohol he had in his system. Lord. He played the gig. Woo. I'm looking at him as he's playing the gig. Now, for people who don't know, Scott plays drums. Yeah. Scott's yeah. playing these drums. Great Sweat is dripping off him. I don't think it was. It probably was alcohol. It was alcohol, yeah. And, and he had this look on his face like if he could stop playing and run out of the room and hork, he would have done it. I've never seen him like that before, and I continue to remind him about that every time I wind up talking to him. That is a great Go to the Weller segment. Brought to you by Scott Weller. Brought to you. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Well, what should we do? Should we do another tune, or...? We're getting close to the end of this segment on GarageBand. Thank you, GarageBand. Thank you, GarageBand, for all your time. Yes, and all of our other sponsors. Dark Horse, Woodbridge, uh, Boston Stoker Coffee, Coffee. You know, whatever, whatever you might carve in, Modulus, you know, mono, mono gig bags. Oh, yeah. That is a nice gig bag, by the way. It better be. <laughs> For the price. <laughs> For the price. Somebody should come and rub my feet before I put the bass in there. So I'm going to Nam next week. That is worth talking about. Yeah. What a stock is. What a stock is. Nice. Yeah, man. It's not bad for no rehearsing. We were supposed to rehearse? <laughs> what the hell? Just like rehearsal. Well, Just there was no rehearsal. rehearsal. So that's perfect. So it's perfect. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to NAM next week. Cool. By the time we air this, it'll, I'll, I'll have a report. Maybe yeah. Maybe the next podcast. That, the podcast needs to be like a lot of that. Yeah. I'll have to take notes. Yeah. So. Copious. I've never, notes. never, never been. Me either. This will be my first time. I know it's 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 hellacious as far as there's a lot of volume issues because everybody wants to play. And, yeah. You know, they get the, the, well, the, you work at a music store, so yeah, that times a million. Yeah. The guy that can't, can't, can I play the guitars? No. Not this guitar. Can you play that guitar? No, not that no, guitar. No, matter of fact, in fact, in fact, you can't play anything right now. Yeah. Go away. No, no touching. It's like Nigel Tufnell. <laughs> yeah. my, I love them. I treasure them. Look at this one here. It's still got the old tagger on it. Can I? No, you can't touch no, it. You can't even look at it. No, you can't even look at it. Let's go over here. <laughs> well, the the good thing about Nam is that obviously connections abound as far as running into people and, and seeing people and be able to talk to them. But 
in, I'll say this in this way, even though we were, we're talking about base, but, you know, this is about life in and in of itself. Yeah, that's what we, the opportunity to go to something where you can see all the good things that are, that, mm. that, that are out there for your job. Yeah, yeah. Possibilities are endless. From something as simple as a little polishing cloth that makes your, you know, your yeah. face looks better, to you know, the, the, I found the new pick. Yeah, yeah. I don't the, even use picks. I don't even this use picks. Great. This is perfect. You're gonna come yeah. home with a ba bag of swag. I expect yeah. a little bit of that bag of swag. Yeah, I'll we'll see yeah. what I can do for you. Yeah. <laughs> but or I'll buy a hat or something. Yeah, yeah. Th thanks. <laughs> My <laughs> podcast friend went to Nam, and all I got was like a, a stupid, stupid hat. <laughs> I'll make it a T-shirt. Stupid T-shirt. That's gonna be hard to we, fit on a hat. We, we've ha we have to. I, I'm saying this now in front of in front of everybody, but we, we're gonna have to get a video so that we can see us podcasting. Yeah. Well, well I've got true. That. We, we we got that. Before we do that, we probably need to get a website, and and we also probably need a Facebook page. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I did. Talk I did about a cart before the horse. Oh, I did a little looking into some of those things. Oh, good, good. I'll, I'll, I'll we'll talk offline. Yeah. So, but all right. So, so Nam, Nam's out in California. It's out in LA, right? And um, I'm going to go. Speaking, you know, podcasts and this out or the other. Right. The um, first tune that we did tonight, we stole from. Uh, we didn't steal it. We borrowed it for a very short yeah. period of time. Uh, and he can have it back. Yannick. Wizdala, who, who's also a podcaster, and he does um, coffee drinkers. Um, I like him already. We, yeah. <laughs> That's right. You, you worked at a coffee shop, did you not? For, for two years, I did. <laughs> Man, it's and like, yeah. Tried to, tried to drink coffee and then play bass. Doesn't work. Well. <laughs> Especially when they have good Kona. Oh, my, God. Oh my gosh. It'll get your system going. Talk about 2 a.m. Um, Visits to the bathroom. Yes. Yes. That could facilitate. Um <laughs> So I'm going to try and find him. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's got a booth. Does he really? Yeah, he's got a booth. Maybe we can get him to remote in and, and join our podcast. I have to learn a little bit more about remote. But, well, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. You know. We're not there yet. This is episode um, 1.1. 1. 1. Season 1, episode so 1. 1. If we're lucky. If we even if, if this is 1.1. Let's just say right now nobody can even binge listen. No. We can, but it's not, it's not all a bunch yet. of you know, betas. Yet. Yeah, but I think this is going to be great. I um, think it will be. I've got a lot of positive feedback and people excited to learn about life in the deep end, which is where we've lived our lives. Constantly. You know, it's, it's, um, it's a calling. Like anything else, you make, a you make a conscious decision based on... Well, right, let's go back. We need to ask a question about this. Yes. Without going, going through the lineage that we did a couple of betas ago... When did you know that you were going to be a bass player? Wow, good question. And, and, and for the people that aren't bass players, this is, this is when, when did, did you, you know, know you, you were going to do the job that, that you were you're going to do? Yeah, you, you realize it was your calling. That's a really... Um, I was attracted to music for the longest time, even as a little kid, um, listening to... Uh, I used to collect Partridge Family albums oh, oh, and watch yeah. the show. Nice. And Susan Day, man. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. she was, yeah, yeah. I had to do. Uh, but watch that show, and we'd go on the back porch, and my mom would put the speakers out the window. Oh, cool. And we pretended like we were the Partridge family, the neighborhood kids. Got on the bus and everything? Oh, well, yeah, we, 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 you know, we had bats instead of guitars and in the um, lounge chair. Remember those lounge chairs? They were wooden, but they had metal slats that held the... Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, was sure. the keyboard. That was the keyboard. Of course it yes, was. Yes, of course it was. Of course so, it was. I was always into music i think 
in high school, middle school, or it was high school when I realized I really can't do anything else with my life. And I love music. And I, you know, told my dad, oh, yeah, I want to be in music. He's like, you're crazy. So, yeah, probably around high school. Does he still think you're crazy? Um, no. Actually, we have a really great relationship now. Um, that... All right, we're going to touch on subjects now. Yeah, go ahead. Because you're saying about it. Yeah. So when did that change in your relationship with your father? Because I, I, I have very specific moments where I can say my relationship, my father was always my father. It's not like yeah, son, it's yeah. not, it's I've not, always he, loved my dad. You yeah. don't lose the father-son thing. Yeah, I'm not true. talking about that. But the relationship goes from father teaching son to, for one of a better way to put it, an equal and, and, and yeah, you, you still enter respect, a different you, relationship. You still respect so him you, and everything you, else, but yeah. So you have the um, yeah the parent where the parent role diminishes slightly because of where they the station of their life are, and, and it can happen with with, with yeah. I mean with with my wife and my and my stepdaughter. It happened when she left for the air force. Now yeah, that was yeah. that was a circumstance, yeah. and in in a sense, it happened the same way with my with my father and I. But my father and I had a moment where I graduated college, and my degree was in political science, and I told him I wanted to be a musician, and he said, "What the are you fuck are you gonna do with your yeah, life?" And I said, yeah. it's, my, "It's my life to do what I do. I want with." And ever since that moment, he stopped. Yeah. He stopped being that way, and he was he was working to help me do that. He was the one to help me get in the air force. Right. But, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to go too far into that. I'm just curious about when your relationship changed. When you said something like to your father, I want to be a musician, and he's going, you're flipping nuts. And he, and he may have said it with, in, in casual sarcasm or, or anything else, but at the same time thought, damn, i got to get this kid to do something else. He's going he's gonna to ruin his life. He's going to be a long-haired hippie. Well, that's, that's a really good question, and it comes with a great story because um, when I told him this, this was like my senior year, I was like, I, I want to go to music school. Mm-hmm. And he's like, not on my dime. And he was saving money for me, which is more than I did for my kids. Right. Well, you, you, had, know? you had too many of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next podcast. Yeah, yeah. Jared talks about triplets. <laughs> um, so he, he was a physical therapist and um, went to a conference similar to where I'm going to. Instead of a music conference, it's a Possible. physical therapy right. conference. And it was in Vegas. Okay. And um, he knew I was interested in doing music and was not sold on it. And he, he was not sold on it or you weren't sold on it? He was not sold on me going into music okay. as a profession. All right. All right. Just clarifying. Yeah. And he, but he knew I was, you know, very interested in, that's the only thing I showed any aptitude for. Anything so else. he was like, <laughs> yeah. well, maybe we should look into this because the kid's a loser outside of that. Because, you know, I was a solid C student. My, my father outside always, the occasional D. My father always said, the world needs ditch diggers. Yeah, well, that's about where I was headed. <laughs> and uh, so he knew I wanted to get into music. He went to uh, Vegas, and there's a lot of music. This was like mm, 80s. 80s. You know? And still still stuff yeah, going on. Yeah. Strong there. Well, yeah, it's like there, there's a band in the lounge. There's a band here. There's a band everywhere. And uh, he listened to this band in the lounge when the band took a break. He went over and talked to the bass player. Okay. He said, look, my son wants to... Please talk him out of it. <laughs> For the love of God, here's $100. Please talk him out of it. $100? I've never seen this much money in my life. Sure. I'm a bass player. I've never seen $100. So he said, you know, what's what's this music career? What, 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 what t- Please, my son wants to get in this. Tell me about 
what this is all about because I'm a physical therapist and I don't know anything about this. I don't even, there's no one in my family that was in the music or the military. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't know who this guy is. He's probably dead now, but I, I owe my career to him, maybe to a degree because he told my dad, I don't make a lot of money. I love what I do. I make enough money to support my wife and my kids and I wouldn't, have it any other way. Yeah. And God bless him. I know, I know. Whoever you are out there. Please call in. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> so he came back and said, what are the best music schools? And the, where, where, where can you go? You know, I happened to get into Duquesne, West Virginia, and there's the two schools I was looking at, and, and, and Pitt, I think, and ended up going to West Virginia. My teacher was I, the guy I was studying with was there, and, and I have I have a family in Morgantown. Right, so it was, and I like to party. Well, well, here <laughs> in in that particular case, um, do you believe that that was? You know, we all we all we all talk about callings about when yeah, things happen. Yeah. Do you believe that that was some kind of harmonic convergence that just happened the right way? Because I I can say from my story. That absolutely that's the case yeah. that the world just opened up and whether you believe in God or not or you believe in a divine spirit or whatever it just all went boop and it made made perfect sense now I mm. making that making that that accusation now you know 30 years hindsight or 35 yeah. years hindsight might yeah. be might be might be a little easier to say oh yeah sure absolutely in my particular divine case divine intervention um, my, I don't know I think that a lot a large what I believe, a large part of it is my dad's love for me and wanting me to be happy played into his exploration of, well, I don't know, you know, and I like to talk about growth mindset. Right. Always being willing and open to other ideas, concepts, and that's, I think that's a secret to life. Right. Well, well, sh well sure. That's that's how you you get places in life. That's that's how you make a make a, a, a forked road decision where you got to go left or right. Your growth mindset is there, allowing you to look forward and being open and available mm -hmm. to what's going on, and mm -hmm. not closing off specifically one side, but looking at both and going, "I'm going to go left." Yeah. You know. But no. Yeah. Well, I, I think growth mindset to me is having an open mind, always willing to understand that you don't know everything. You're willing to learn. From even well, you do. Well, well, <laughs> not only learn from failures like we talked about sure. earlier, but learn from other people that you maybe don't agree with. Usually, those people will actually put a lot of valid points together that you can go, oh, oh. Okay. But if you're not in growth mindset, you won't accept. You're it. not going, and you're not going to learn and become stronger. Right. So I think that you know growth mindset is huge, and you always have to be in growth mindset, or you're gonna get stagnant, right? You know, I, I, I can, I can, see, I can certainly see. So that. I think he's always, he's, he's, he's always been, you know, Big Keith, my, my uh, brother and I, um, calling, calling Big Keith or uh, Tom, Tom, the old man. The old, oh, 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 okay. So I got him, I got him an Air Force coin. I think when I'm, when I made Chief, I got him a coin, and I engraved it. Um, to Tom from the Chief, <laughs> so if he shows it, then when his name's Keith, he's gonna be like, "Who's Tom? Well, who the hell's Tom?" You know, but it's like a little inside. 
That's, uh, that's funny. Yeah. That's Tom, a, that's, the old man. That's a perfect way to yeah. do that. I never thought about that. Yeah. So I, I got I got him a, it's a chief's coin and had it engraved. Right. To Tom from the chief or something like that. That's beautiful. So, uh, yeah, he's he's been, um, he's been, he's on my board of directors, you know. Anytime I have a major decision to make, you Call know, him. hey, we're thinking about moving to Hawaii. <laughs> hey, I'm thinking about leaving the Bay and Curfield and... Becoming going, an MTA. Yeah, going to yeah, going to do something outside and and or anything like that. Or he's a guy I'll call and go. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> well, some some of some of that stuff though is it goes back. Obviously, you know, it's family, but it's it's the trusted part of the of the relationship. A parent, and we know this because we are, can screw up a relationship with their kids. And I'm not suggesting either of us are doing this. Right. I, I'm, I'm quite the opposite. But the parent's job, I, I don't know if I had this conversation with you or not. I had this conversation with my daughter. My role, as soon as justice showed up in this planet, was to work my best to get her till she was on her own. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, your it job. Was, it was my job to get her... With the, filled with as much knowledge and and, and, oh, yeah. and everything else, so that when she became eighteen, she was allowed to vote, and then when she became twenty-one, she was allowed to drink. And if she wasn't in jail, dead or pregnant, I was in a pretty good place, you know. And no, I, and, your job is to get them out of the nest. Right, and and as fast, not as fast, as well as possible. As well equipped. As well as equipped as possible. Yeah, as correct. well equipped. The 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 second half of this, because that's the next part of the relationship, is being. The trusted person, yeah. the confidant, the ability to to open your mouth and hopefully say something poignant enough where they'll listen and go, oh yeah, the old man's right. You know, I, I need I need to do this, but that's not always the case. Yeah. You know, there's there's well, no well, there's a lot of dysfunction in the world. Well, sure. without without that particular part of it, I'm talking oh, about even within healthy relationships? healthy relationships. Okay, yeah. I'm talking about about you know talk about your music thing. Let's say one of your kids decides decides to say that they want to be a musician or a surfer, whatever you know, and and you go, um, mm, are you not? Are you going into the military? No. Well, if you're not going into the military, you can't be a musician because you're gonna you're gonna be a dope smoking long haired freak, and you know, <laughs> I can't have you in my house. I mean, you you'd say that you don't mean it, but you, but you know, you, you you dissuade them as best you as best you can, and then the next thing you know, they're. Uh, headstrong enough, and they're they're make a decision, and, and all of a sudden, dad's a pain in the ass, and I'm never talking to dad again, or 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 not for a while, or you you lose that place as the trusted person. So that's a very good point because I was talking with someone about this this week, and it's these little things. You know who it was? Greg Sell's wife, Sherry. Sure. Um, we were talking and about kids, and it, it had to do with hair. Of all things, it would, you know, that, the that, long hair—that was my father's thing. It was, it would, and she was like, "Well, Kramer, they—he had long hair, and you know what? Other parents would say things, and I didn't care because for me to make them cut their hair just makes them rebel even more. Right. So every rea everything you do has an equal and opposite reaction. Sure. So okay, you want if that's the worst. If the worst thing your kids do is grow out their, their hair, you know, <laughs> you've, you've done it. You, you, Hell you're, better job you're a I've great done. parent. You know, you're, you're working on Ozzy and Harriet material, you know, yeah, for the yeah. old people. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting because 
I call it the board of directors. You know, my brother's on the board, my dad. Um, when I have to make these large decisions, I, I, I don't make any decision in a vacuum. Lisa, Lisa's, you know, she's the co-chair. Right. She, she's, you know, the co-CEO of anything I do in my life. So, you know, we talk down positive, negatives, you know, but I'll consult with my dad or my brother, now, you know. In, in that circumstance, um, we talk about company men and all this other stuff. Yeah. Do you, out of 10 decisions that you come to them with, what's the percentage that they agree with you? Uh, that's a good question. I would say a large percentage. But it's not, com um, it's not complete in total. No, it's not complete in total. It's... It's nice to have people present other angles, things maybe you haven't thought about. Right. And um, I, when, when it came to when it came to talking to my dad, it was, I would say for the most part, well, I shouldn't say it that way because that sounds like we were adversarial. For the most part, he was he was really the only person who was on my board of directors. Maybe maybe my you know my uh, teacher, the, the guy playing mm -hmm. my wedding friend. Yeah. Yeah. Frank would, would agree with me. Frank, yeah. And, yeah, he I, he would he if I Frank told him yeah he would yeah. he would agree with me no matter what, unless he, even when the Air Force he he was he was a little surly about it but he he agreed, but my dad usually presents he my dad was almost always a devil's devil's advocate, not in a way where he started with you're freaking nuts and you should no it was always have you thought about this have you thought about this have you thought about this and and by the time we got done, I seemingly. Uh, laid his fears so it, he came close he was always on my side but it was it was starting at a distance and coming toward me right not sitting there together yeah. and talking it, 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 yeah when i was younger i used to get a lot of um pushback and feedback from my because i was wrong a lot of times or oh. i was lazy or you know i wasn't really thinking things from the perspective that he has he right. has a you know a Wealth 10, and knowledge push, and yeah and i have a, a you know so i'm living in orlando as a freelance musician and I'm like, Dad, can you send me 200 bucks? He's like, have you thought about, you know, busting some tables? Or <laughs> like, hey, yeah. fuck you, man. Yeah. But no, it's like, yeah, it's a good point. It's like, um, what, what, what are you doing right. to support yourself? You're living, you know. And you get off the phone with him, and as, and as angry as you are that he suggested right, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, and your kids are seeing the same thing now. You know, ah, oh, damn it, the father was well, right. yeah, oh, crap. It, All right. it, yeah. You know, but, but, in, but he's learned things from me as well. You know, I'm sure. He, I'm even, sure. He even did. for he, we had this fun discussion, um, and we still kid about it today, because um, when I was in high school, I was really laid back. So this plays into personality traits and who you know how how you you know how you live your life, right. how you're wired, how you're wired. You're, you're hardwired, and I, I, I'm hardwired as like a extrovert, um, extroversion, um, high interpersonal things of that nature, and he's very conservative or conscientious. So on and so forth, you know, and he, he would just get angry with me. I make, you know, I would do stupid shit, and someone screwed up, or I'd run over the garden hose with the lawnmower or something, you know, <laughs> just stupid shit like that, you know. <laughs> he would be like, "But how could you?" Blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, "Oh, you know." And I would, this is what I would say: "Shit happens. Get over it," or something like that. No, oh, we drive him bonkers when I was in high school, mm -hmm. you know, and then he came back with to me, you know, a couple of years ago or maybe a decade ago and he laughed and he said, you know, you taught me a good lesson. You know, shit happens, happens. and you just deal with shit happens, deal with it, I think right. is is what I said. Something like that. And he's he was like, that was a really good lesson for me to learn. And it wasn't like I was a guru. I was just some 
But you know, just my personality. Like, eh, I the interesting this thing is about it, how I roll. The interesting, and we still laugh about it. The interesting know? thing about something like that too is when you say something like that, in the moment that you're in, you're not. You don't go. This is my pearl of wisdom, Dad. Take it. You know, <laughs> no, it was, you're, you're going. No, I was rebelling. Hey, man, just, hey, shit hey, happens. We yeah. just just deal with it. But then you stop and think about it and go. Those there's, moments, the, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, 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 a, there's some kind of Zen, you know, you're in a Zen yeah, rock garden yeah. with, a, with a Chinese guy, and oh, you're going, oh, it makes oh, sense to me. Yes, oh. <laughs> Kill Bill uh, 2, Volume 2, or whatever. I, oh. I love Kill Bill. Oh. That's such a great movie. But, uh, no, that's, that's a really good point. And, and going back to where we started with Heroes, Humanity, and Legacy, or your statue, and, you know, I think that... I'm part of his legacy. Sure. You know, and part sure, of, I think that um, he never thought I would get to where I'm at. Maybe he did. I, I never thought. <laughs> that I, would, I mean, I never thought I would be this successful. Maybe there's some luck to it. Maybe there's um, I, whatever. Things could have zigged when they zagged. I well, could be dead right now. Really. Yeah, we could all be we all, dead. Yeah, dead. but I mean, more chance. But, but, well, but in those circumstances... It's based on your resiliency and all that other yeah, stuff that goes yeah. with it. But I still go back to the attitude that your um, laissez-faire, you know, attitude. just, well, you know, laissez-faire sounds terrible, but, but the happy-go-lucky, happy -go -lucky. A, 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 mus yeah, a musician's, yeah. a musician, look, that guy in Vegas tells yeah. your dad, Hey, I'm happy every day. Yeah. I'm making money. I'm living the dream, I'm living, baby. I'm living what I'm doing. Yeah. And, and, and me... My brothers and sisters know playing music is, happy, is, is, is my happy place. When I go home, and my little sister kids around with me because she's 15 years younger than me. Mm -hmm. she, I was out the door, and she really didn't know who the hell I was until later on. Then yeah. she thought I was cool because I was in the military and, and, you know, and came home and told all these stories. But when I come home now to visit her, you know, she, she knows that two days after I get home, Frank's going to call me and goes, Hey, man, we got a gig on Thursday. You know, okay, dude. You know, there. I'm there. Yeah. And she, she, her husband likes jazz now, so so they'll show up. And she goes, I know as soon as you get home, you have to have Frank play. You have to play. Well, yeah. but And she's she's cool with it because she understands. And it's it's nice to have that, um, you know, it's not like this thing like you're a gambler and you have to go out and gamble or, you, or you know, or you're a... a, a brain surgeon and your job's very stressful and everything else this is f every time i pick up the bass i'm happy you know yeah i mean yeah. even when even when my day doesn't go good and i sound like crap i i still have fun it's better than yeah it's better than a sharp stick in your eye yeah no yeah, you know, that's the truth and, and doing all that stuff makes makes sense that way so as a bass player there's there's a huge part of what we do which is it's nuance right there's fine little things where we're attuned to or in tune with whether it's um, tempo, maybe pushing, do you hold back, do you, do you go ahead and ride with it and maybe things pick up tempo-wise, um, intensity of a tune, or there's so many little nuances within what we do. Sure. It could, we're not out front, we're down on the bottom, we're down on the deep end, holding it down. Um, but I think that when you become very employable as a bass player, it's because you get nuance, you understand time, you understand not being too busy, not being this, that, or the other. 
How much does that apply to life? Well, that's that's kind of where I'm going. It's like, where are we going in our culture right now with nuance? Especially when it applies to um, things like politics, Me Too, um, all these things we seem to be pushing nuance away and, and, and polarizing. Everything's polarized. Everything's been polarized to the point where it, it's like, so, like, I feel bad for my kids because they're, they're 20, they're dating. My daughter's 24, yeah. You know, and it's like, well, this whole Me Too thing is like, this. it's, I, I think there's valid issues. There's there's problems out there. Systemic, cultural sure. things that have been going on forever. My mom told me a story about she worked for this dentist or a doctor or something like that. And she was like the secretary. And he would chase her around the office trying to grab her and... What is this, the 50s? Yeah, this was, yeah, this was the 50s. Oh my God. The late 50s. And she ended up... Um, getting engaged and married to my dad and once he knew that he stopped I mean that's really that's terrible it's awful you know and then she after they got married she quit the job and she recommended her sister and, and, and the sister married her <laughs> no. she, he harassed her she was like thanks thanks for the recommendation thanks I never, for nothing I never liked you, never liked you anyway yeah, you know, it's my Aunt Judy. She's awesome. Um, but, you know, I never knew about that until this whole Me Too thing came out. My mom told me about it. I'm like, that's disgusting. You know, it's just ter it's, it's terrible. But, okay, so that's one end of it's terrible. Now we're, now we're to the point where, you know, uh, um, we have to have um, positive consent to go to the next level. You, you know. Is it okay if I hold your hand? Yeah. Is it is it okay if I touch you here? Yes. No. <laughs> is it is it still okay if I touch you here and yet and it can't be a nod or it has to be a yes or a no. I'm like, really? That's where we're going with humanity? That's how we're going to function? Uh, with relations between human beings, it's like, my God, people. Whatever happened to just the, you know. Well, think think about. No, it's no. I get that, but think think about think about the whole difference with all that stuff there. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. Yeah, cra but yeah, but it's, take it's that and apply it to to some societal issues that exist right now, like. Like nobody or very few people have a conversation that it doesn't involve, I'm holding it up, a damn phone. Oh, Lord. Yeah. And the social That's... experiment of talking to people yeah. and understanding nonverbal and verbal cues, yeah, yeah, understanding yeah. we have respect for each other and having a conversation. Mm. We will not say everything that's on your mind, that you edit what you do before it comes out and, and because oh, yeah, you have yeah. you have a person that's looking at you. Mm -hmm. So if you say like something... We talked about the car earlier. Right. There's a human being in there. There's a human being in there, there yeah. right. 
you, you have to have the ability to understand that a conversation exists with two people. You can mm. have a conversation on a, on, on texting, oh, yeah, but it's, yeah. it's, it's flaccid. There's a lack it's, of nuance. It, there's no nuance in there at all. Twitter. It, Twitter's the same way. Regardless of how you feel about the president, the president just throws all that shit out there on, on, on Twitter, and he goes, I don't care. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. And in some respects, that's refreshing, I guess. Some people will say that's nuts. Okay, I can see both sides of it. But when people start making, what's it now? Is it up to 240 characters instead of whatever the hell Doesn't it is? Really it used, used to be 180. We're working on a three-hour podcast that's a little different than you know, even 500 characters. characters. If you had to do a transcript, transcript of what we've talked about, We'd be there's somebody be busy. Yeah, you know, but and, a lot of characters, a lot of characters about what's going on. But the thing about it is, is that that's a conversation. Even there's nobody in the room, and uh, except you and I, mm -hmm. we're talking to each other. Yeah, you know, we're having a conversation. We're yeah. reading off each other. Oh, this conversation needs body to be language, with this. Yeah. eye contact. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. It's yeah. not if it's not 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 two people sitting at a dinner table, texting. I I'll, I'll never forget the first time I'm sitting in the living room with with my wife, and I go, "Where's where's our son? This is in his bedroom." We're having dinner. Is he coming out? She goes, wait, I'll text him. Oh, <laughs> super. Just super. You know, and, and I'm not saying that she's wrong for doing that at all. But at the same time, that's where society is now. Well, it, yes. And I think there's good and bad with anything. Well, right? These devices. Sure, sure. The, certainly the, the fact that we have a small computer in our hands and, and but 40 I, years ago we didn't. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. it's, yeah it's, not a, it's not a phone anymore. It's a, it's a, it's a mini computer. Kids can look up their homework. It's, I think it's going to go beyond that. Uh, it's, they're going to be a well, chip in our eyes or ears yeah, or whatever. Well, yeah. They're talking about putting something on your skin, on your face, and, and that will read your mind right. to, to control it. And, and AI is right around the corner, and there's, you know, there's a lot of... Um, but it's going to all come back to yin yang, good evil. Right. That can be a very powerful tool for good. For example, podcasts. Right. You can say there can, is you can sit so much depth that you can get into, and, and people are YouTube. Right. So YouTube, the the it was created to watch cute cat videos. Yeah, look at it. Look at it now. But now you can go on YouTube and learn um, graduate level coursework. You can go watch. Um, so, for example. Okay, what? Christmas. Christmas? Okay. Lisa decides she wants to cook um, a prime rib. And I haven't cooked a prime rib. Well, I've cooked it once, but it didn't turn out real well. So she had a recipe that had to do with um, coating it with salt. It's like a salt-encrusted prime rib, slow cook, this, that, or the other. And I'm like, ah, that, if, if I saw that in uh, the, the Betty Crocker cookbook or whatever, I'd be like, ah, I don't know. But you can get on your your device go to youtube and they'll walk you through it and you can actually see you know it's supposed to look like a a snowball when you put it in i mean well it looks like the actually looks like the head of a, a snowman by the time you put it into the oven and then 
it actually, we put it in, covered it with salt, just crusted it with salt, put it in the oven. It came out marvelous. But how long did it take? It, oh, it's like it was four or five hours. It depends on how much, you know, how, how big the piece of meat is. But it came out stellar. It was like we you cut that thing open and it was like primer if you get that. Yeah. But you could it was YouTube. Just watch YouTube and did I watched YouTube. I watched a couple. You can go you, there's there's you know, it's like I said, it started out as like, oh, watch watch this cat. Lick its butt, you know, kind of a Squirrel on a surfboard riding yeah. around in a car. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. turned into this thing where, where it's so powerful. You know, when you fix your car. Oh, yeah. That, now that, right? something like Go that, YouTube. Fi fixing your car. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a village idiot when it comes to mechanics. But if I watched a, a YouTube video, I think you can I change could change. your oil? I can't change my oil. Yeah. Or the, yeah, even wiring. I tried to fix my uh, air conditioning. It was a bridge too far. That's that's the only problem with that stuff. It, it and and you gotta have the right tools and techniques well, for some of these things. Well, the the other thing to make about, it sound simpler. Like, the the uh, other thing about that too is 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 okay. So you feel empowered because you have the ability to look up something, and, and you you have get some a, confidence. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I think and I can do this. Open the thing up. And go, oh, it looks that way. Right. I, I Here's a, the yellow wire. I found the yellow wire. Well, I, I had a friend of mine. He has a jeep. He's a retired captain from the from the 82nd Airborne, and we used to go out at lunchtime. And he, he would work in his car. Now, he was doing things in his car that, I'm sorry, I would never do. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like changing computers. Oh, wow. And, you know, and, and things like that. But he'd watch a YouTube video, and he'd go out there and do this. And, I, I, again, I told him, I'm a good second banana. You want me to hold something? You want me to help? You want me to point out that this wire is loose? I'm good at that. Mm -hmm. But you, as far as you expect me to help you, no, I mean, you know, I put my hands here or whatever. That's fine. Yeah. He would do this stuff, and he would dive right in, and about halfway through, maybe 40% of the time, he was like, oh, oh, shit. And I'm like, what do you mean, oh, shit? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if I can fix this. You know, or or I might have to go. You back don't want to hear that from it. your dentist or your doctor. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my, no! Like <laughs> working on your car in your garage. Oh, the, the, shit. The, the, the best, the best one was we were. It was a storage unit, so he had a lot of people coming in another storage unit, so they'd see him working on there. He he had a problem. He came into work and he goes, Vinny, I think I got a problem with my radiator. What's the matter with it? He goes, I think I got a hole in it. I'm losing losing fluid. It's not. That's it, a it's, sign. It's not a. You know, it's not a hose. It's a. It's a. It's yeah. There's a hole in there. Yeah. Right. yeah. So he says, "Will you go down the street to O'Reilly's?" He says, "I'll give you my credit card." He says, "Will you bring me back a radiator?" Sure, dude. You know, I mean, yeah. you're 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 my boss. Yeah, that's fine. I have no problem with that. I said, "You don't expect me to help you put this in, do you?" He goes, "No, no, no." He says, "I I understand where you fit in the food chain. You you, <laughs> you don't you don't do that." And I, I'm I'm happy for that. So he had a guy. That was that worked on cars in the storage unit. Come down there, Jr. They worked for like six hours putting that damn thing in. Yeah. Because they're taking pieces of. I mean, you got to get to it. They had you. They had YouTube videos to show. Yeah. Them, and this guy was, you know, was was a. You know, got to have the tools, though. Oh my! This that this guy did. Yeah, you got to have the tools. I left. At the, the, the store closed at six o'clock. They were working on this like from noon. Mm -hmm. Or later, they get stuff everywhere. They, they stuff everywhere, and yeah. I'm going. Mark is okay to leave. He goes, yeah, man. He says, I got this. Okay, I, I hope I don't see you here tomorrow morning when I pull up. You know, or or or, or I, I guess I do hope. You know, he like eight or nine o'clock at night they fixed it and got it done. Nice. But I'm like, what are you doing? 
That I would. Ne I told him. I said I would never in a million years do that. I wouldn't either. There's no way no. I would take that chance. Now, no. you credit credit the internet, credit phones, credit YouTube. That's great. You know. Yeah, but it's it's knowledge. It's not. It's knowledge. But there's. It's out there for you. If you if you want to find it, you now can. You know, back in the day. When I say back in the day, I mean like BC. All knowledge was was kept from the masses. Oh, on, pur on, on purpose. It was to dumb them down so that well, so that the, purpose the, or not, you you couldn't get to the, the you 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 couldn't manufacture the book on algebra. Right. It was it was maintained in the temple or wherever the hell they maintained the book on algebra, and only certain people, not everybody in the village, could a read or you know. But now. The world is your oyster, bro. You can get out there on on your on on this. The kids look like, you know, their their necks are going to be permanently permanently yeah in a forty five degree angle. Yeah. Um. The 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 other but the other issue with that is too. And I guess it's a, it's it's twofold. Back in the day, for us, going to college was a necessity. You had to go to college. Your college was giving you the knowledge that you needed to move into a mm -hmm. career where you could move forward. For us. Maybe more so at my age, but you know you're in that boat. Getting a master's degree was. I'm only three years younger than you, dude. Okay, so you were. <laughs> so, so you didn't really have to go get a master's degree back then. Master's degrees, they right. said. They said, oh, bachelor's degrees, you, you've, 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 you've made yeah. it. You know, ma you, you master's made. is like, oh, you're going. You, to you, the, you're yeah, going yeah, to like yeah. the heady place, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and then now, you're if, grow a beard. And yeah, yeah. And you, now, now, if you don't have a doctorate degree, you, you, for some places you can't get a job. Yeah. But the, the point I'm trying to make is, is that that was the, the direction of where things were going. In my opinion now, and maybe some good and some bad, you don't necessarily have to go to college in order to get a job. Oh, yeah, I agree. You know, but, this, but, but here's the second part of this, and this is where I'm trying to figure out where it balances and changes. You can look at a YouTube video. I'm not suggesting that college is going to go, you know going to turn into YouTube, but you look at a YouTube. I am, but go ahead. But yeah, <laughs> you, you look you look at a YouTube video to learn something. That interaction, we go back to what we talked about before: people sitting at a, t a dinner table, you know, interacting mm -hmm, through texting. Sure. Yeah. You lose some of that ability to gain knowledge if you're if you're not in a situation like you and I are now. Right. We're having a discussion. We're having interaction. Mm -hmm. We're having questions, which spark more questions, which turn into something else, and you walk yeah, away a little smarter. You're right. You're right. Um, there's there's a portion of college, university o outside of the that, drinking and everything else. Well, no, I think that's part of it too. I think like that's a, that's a learning yeah, experience. I, I, I'm, I don't think that you know. That's a learning there's, experience. Yeah, exactly. There's you got to learn your limits, and when you're in your you're in your 20s then that's when how hard can i work how far can i push myself i have an exam i need to you know stay up this you're going to learn a lot about yourself find out go the 120 and be able to dial it back to 100 you know so you know where you're comfortable for the rest of your life uh we're not going to learn everything on youtube to get a degree but i think I will, I will guess that within the next 20 years, there will be a revolution on the internet in regards to higher education. Well, think just, just in the mere fact, um, discounting Wikipedia, because because that's all kind of bullshitty, or, or potentially bullshitty. 
if you use YouTube, even if it's like it's like going from cable to Hulu and Netflix and, mm -hmm. and all that other stuff. Yeah. It is the difference between going from college to learning ostensibly on your own using the internet. Cable costs a lot of money. College costs a lot of money. It, it's a weird analogy, but it, but it works in this particular case. I'm following. If you're coming home every night and going, how much is my cable bill again? $300 with all this and that and what am I, know, getting, what for am I getting for it? Same thing applies with college. Yeah, because more and more of the money is going to administration. Right. And less and less is going to the professors. professors. And yeah. and they're and they're 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 making, you know, they're 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 charging astronomical money. Oh, the, the debt kids you are know, enduring now is just two hundred thousand dollars to go to school. Yeah. Well, for a bachelor's degree, not even yeah. counting a master's or a doctor. Yeah, it's 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 if you took that two hundred thousand dollars or, or or the the, the, the forty five thousand dollars a year to mm -hmm. invest, yeah. the fifty thousand dollars to invest, and you invested that. Your parents said you're not going to school, but I'm taking the fifty thousand dollars that I'm giving you. I'm putting it in the money market, yeah, yeah. and you're going to get a job, and you're going to come home, and you're going to use whatever skills you can to learn what you need to, and then when you when you technically in four graduate years. in yeah. four years, you have two hundred thousand dollars or more sitting in a money market to allow you to do whatever the hell you want. Things are going to change. The AI. Information technology, oh, all that stuff. This, this, and here's the thing. And it's like you talked about with the with the cell phone. It's, it's, what do we do with it as human beings? What it's was a Spider-Man movie it talked about uh, using your powers for good or something. It's like, yeah, it's like for for yeah. Are you going to use this for good or are you going to use it? For some kind of crazy. Or porn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you could do both. Well, you, <laughs> not saying that porn's not good, but it, it can be addictive and you could end up, you know, with a sore appendage or something. I don't know, but not that I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> but my point being is that um, when we get to the point with AI where it's able to think and be merely conscious um, we have to make moral decisions on how to govern that uh, and you know what I'm saying and our, and our and more so ourselves and well in with with the creation of AI you can make the moral argument that we we technically have gone too far possibly possibly and, possibly and what's interesting is um, Western society is very leery of AI. They have a very Terminator right. feel about AI. Eastern cultures are embracing it. They think it's all, you know, because they 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 work they work their, they work their asses over there. off. They work their asses off so much. They get no time to themselves or very little. But I wonder how much is culture driven that you know their culture is like, "Oh, everything's happy and nice and fun." And over in the West, we're like, no, things are, things can get dark and, and dreary in a heartbeat. Look at the 20th century. Yeah. You know, look what happened. Pick, um, pick a decade. To humanity. Yeah. Well, I, I think when you can't pick a darker century than the 20th century, you can't. And and 
you can say with say what you will. But you can say with some certain between uh, the Nazis and uh, and uh, Russia and China, right? And the atrocities that happened. Well, you can also you can also you can also say that the 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 twentieth century was the biggest up till now the biggest um, educational growth the business the biz the, the most just, yeah, yeah, uh, industry there, technological there's so much growth it, 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 and strap in because we're just getting started <laughs> brother and, and here's now now the goes back to the moral discussion it did all this stuff cause the situation or was this a product of the situation well i think humanity is humanity and no matter how smart technologically advanced whatever we have to be moral in our decisions and how we handle all this stuff yeah you know? sure um and if we have people just inventing stuff and you know hey i've invented a robot that exists on dead bodies and human flesh and it, it, it's it's operating on ai it can figure it's you know it, it can just go about it's probably not a very good moral Compass. No. <laughs> yeah. Where are we going? Well, and, and who's in charge? To hell in a Dodge fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the what the hell is going on? What the hell is here? going on? Yeah. We yeah. need to figure that out. And and um, geez, we need smart people in charge. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if if you were king for a day, and you could make mm -hmm. sweeping changes, what, 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 give me give me three sweeping JR changes that you would make. You know, w without mm. without having to, you know, uh, uh, make any decisions about what was going on. Okay. Three sweeping changes. Uh, I think the most important thing, the top of my list, would be education. Okay. I think we need to. We're not going to solve global warming. Okay. 100 years from now, we need to have people that are well-educated to solve the issue. 100 years ago, there were a lot of smart people. They could not predict or deal with the things that, the problems that we have today. Okay, so Think about that, 100 years ago. All right, so, so what, you're, what you're saying in the first place is that we need a think tank of intelligent people. We need a shit ton a world full of educated human beings because human beings are problem solvers that's what we're built to do we're built to face adversity solve problems and issues okay so the more we can educate these you know little entities that run throughout this planet i think the better equipped we are to sustain the human race. So education's critical. So you're you're hoping for a world of Mr. Spock's. Not logical. Highly educated. Highly, educated. highly motivated. Okay. Growth mindset. Okay. Individuals. That's, this is this is that this that's one right. That's all. That's, one. that's my number one priority. Right, what's the other two? Oh, um. Um. A world where I play like Jocko Pistorius and Ray Brown's Spawn. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I would like to. Be I don't that. know. I uh, yeah. So yeah. What 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 
king for a day. King for a day. Ruler of the universe. Rule of the universe. You could you could make three uh, things happen, and then you have to give up your crown. That's that's hard because it's like, um, oh, I think it was a Stephen King book, where you get three uh, three wishes or something like oh, that. Oh yeah yeah. And you don't think of the second and third order effects of oh I went so and so back. Well he came back and he came back from the grave. Ah, you know. You didn't say how you wanted them back. Exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah, you got to be but, very specific when you yeah, make your three I, wishes. I mean, I'm not a big lib social uh, program kind of guy, but I am a huge believer in the human spirit. And, and the more we educate people, even third, second world, whatever, I think the better off we're going to be. I don't think we can solve um problems that are 100 years out like global warming because it's really yeah it, oh, we're feeling effects kinda right now but I, I don't think um we know the real problems and we're not going to solve it until we get there and by then if we educate kids and make them smart problem solvers they're going to be much more equipped because they're going to have better tools than we have okay they're going to have much you know back like, for example, and I, I'm, I'm stealing this from, um, I forget where I'm stealing it from, but um, extinction of the whales. We were hunting whales to extinction because they had great oil. Right. Because it burnt, you know, it lit street lights and it burned clean. And these um, animals were almost hunted to extinction until we found crude oil, which... You know, cause all of the change. Yeah, so all, all, all of a sudden we're not hunting the whales, but we, well now we're burning all this crude oil, and uh, it's causing carbon emissions, so on, greenhouse effects, so on and so forth. Well, someone's got to come up with the next logical progression so that we wean ourselves off of that. That that. What? Or, okay. Right? You're, you're, Call me crazy. No, no, you're not crazy. Uh, you, we can't predict what the next. Of course not. But thing is, so why are we? It's like, well, let's let's make a carbon tax. Really? Is, is well, that really going to solve that, that, that's things? That's not a solution. That's not a solution. No, that's, it's that's stupidity. A, that's a well, it's a political answer to a yeah. to, to a to a, a non a very complicated a very complicated issue, man. I, I'll 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 throw it to you this way. I I, I haven't. You know, thought about this for a long time, but while we we're talking, I was thinking about this because when I presented that to you, I went, "Oh, that's a good idea. What would I do?" Um, so I'm thinking about this while I'm talking. That's why I had that dumbfounded look on my face. No, that's but that's that's the whole thing about talking. Yeah, you know, as you're talking these things through, you're like, "Oh, I never thought. What if?" Right. You know. Uh, uh, growth mindset, baby. Yeah, it's I, real. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna, in a sense, dumb it down to two things instead. Well, dumb it down to bass player level where we live. Well, bass player level is this. Number one, if I was king for a day and had the ability to change the growth mindset of people or the mindset mm. of people, yeah. I would do one simple thing. I would create common sense for all. Not <laughs> good luck, my friend. <laughs> well, that, that I'm saying this is this is this is you're making a sweeping change as king for a day. Yeah, so yeah. so you're common not talking you're not talking all. about mm. the ability to to go. Well, I would just hope that everybody would be happy with each other. No, screw that. No. That's not going to happen. No, happiness but, is not a. Actually, happiness is a very stupid goal. It is a stupid goal because we're because, not built for happiness. Well, if everybody's happy, then they're they're then they're we're nearly complacent. The first thing we would do as a human race 
if everybody was happy, would be break something so that we could figure right. out how I'm to fix it. I'm not happy. I'd like to fix it. Yeah, like, yeah. But, we're we're not built to be. You know. The, the, but the point the point I'm trying to get at is is I would give everybody common sense. If I could pass a, a gift on to the world and say I'm the king or I'm God for want of a better way to put it because that's I don't want to say it that way. I would give I would make sure everybody had common sense. Common sense would, in my opinion, deal with 85% of the world's issues or, the, or personal issues. If you have common sense, you have the ability to be rational, you have the ability to understand, and you have the ability to think outside yourself. Right now, in my opinion, that happens less and less every day because we're on yeah, one of these damn true. phones. That's true. The second thing I would do, I wouldn't take away the growths of intellect and intelligence and things that would happen, but I would take away, as much as I, I love technology, I would take it away and have people have to ha sit down and have a conversation. I wouldn't take away, away you know, medical miracles, you know, artificial this or that or anything else. As far as as far as intelligent things that exist, but on a daily basis, I don't want everybody playing on their phones. I don't want everybody calling up their mother and going, "I'm going down the street. Is that okay?" No, go home and talk to your mother. Go home and ask her. Don't don't text her and say, "I'm downtown with Bobby." I don't know who Bobby is. Where the hell are you? You know, the shit that when we were kids. And your mother, your father said, you can go out and play until the streetlights come on. Come home after that. Common sense. I'm not down, downtown in the middle of a, a snowstorm going, I'll be home in an hour. I'm walking home. Bull. You know, common sense. If you take away some of the, the technology behind this and you create somebody with more common sense than technology. And I think that's what, what I'm driving at here. I think the percentage of technology right now in the 21st century, 22nd century, whatever this century is, 22nd it's century. 2019. Whatever. <laughs> you, know, you, you know where I'm at. I'm on a roll. Leave me alone. Go. You know. Roll, baby. Roll. <laughs> I love it. Keep going, baby. The, the point of it is, is that the percentage of technology against common sense is skewed. It's, it's skewed in a bad way. It doesn't have to be skewed in a bad way. But from, from our from, reference point as people that were born in the 60s. Born when we didn't have technology, and now we do have technology. But these it, people, have, now I, that, I would, I'll challenge you on this thing, right. on this point, that yeah, I, I get it. We, we need common sense and personal interaction. Um, but these kids that are that are... Zombies to their phones um, are going into an age that we're not going to have to deal with. Well, so they, they're going to have to figure out a way to deal with what is on the horizon. And I, there's some creepy stuff that's going to, I mean, well, weird, weird <laughs> like uh, technology that's right around the corner that they're going to have to deal with. It's not, you know. It's, the world we grew up in is it, gone. It, well, yeah, and it is the next generation. Then you and I are like on a Conestoga wagon. <laughs> Headed Donner Party of Two. Uh, Head west. You'll, you'll, eventually fall, way, west. you'll eventually fall into the ocean when you get there, turn around. Yeah. Yeah, well, when you but, hear a splash. Yeah, it's just the Pacific Ocean. 
but you know what I mean? It's well, like, yeah, yeah. We we all, we all have to deal with our we all have to deal with our generational changes and the generational challenges that right, you but have. It, that does not change right and wrong. No, and it and it That's doesn't the key. and it doesn't change common sense. Well, common sense is well, yeah, and uh, common sense isn't always necessarily right and wrong. You know, common sense is, is is looking at a situation and seeing it for what it is and understanding that you can't fly off a building, at least now. Ten years from now, yeah. with help, well, you know, you might be able well, to. If you jump off a building, that, that could be considered Flying for a wrong. very short period of time. <laughs> You're flying. Yeah, until you hit, until Jumping you off the building down. does not hurt you. It's landing that does. That's gonna be yeah. a bitch yeah. Yeah. right yeah. there. Is but landing. The, the point. The point to me is is, is that co common sense fixes and almost trumps everything. Yeah. Almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not everything. I mean, I mean, you have to have you have to have the ability to, to be able to do something other than just have common sense. But if you think about it, on a daily basis, how much stuff do we do requires common sense? A I'm lot. About everything. Yeah. And too many people nowadays don't have that common sense, don't have the ability to, to, to ascertain some simple things. If I go out without a coat on, I might get a cold. Oh, it's well, nice outside. I'll be fine. Or well, it's beyond that, because right now it's, I'm going to go out to the clubs. It's 17 below zero, but I'm not going to wear a coat because I want to show my midriff when I'm waiting in line to get into the club. Right. And, and the next thing you know, you're in the ER getting your toes amputated, or, or you have pneumonia or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and and to me that to me that's that's the kind of stuff that that my father would have would have would have said, "What the hell is wrong with this person?" And yeah, well, and to yeah. me, well, that's that's it's common sense. If if you have common sense, you can go far. If you, you don't have common sense, you you might as well just well, step in a landmine. The statue that is built for you is in your children. Do they are they exuding common sense into their children? That's your legacy. That's your legacy is really not you know a statue built in a square. It's 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 um. Do they dress appropriately? Do they do they what they're to the supposed club? to do? do they, I, I do, my, my, do they do things that advance uh, goodness in humanity? Eddie, that's my, that's your. My, that's your statue. Uh, well, you sure? My, if you have kids, if some you, people don't have kids, but my, maybe. My, People you you can affect on a daily basis may, may not be that. My father yeah. pa my father passed away in two thousand eight, and when he died, about two weeks before he died, he told me that, that he wanted to be cremated and he didn't want to be buried in the ground. Okay, yeah. fine. And then he said he wanted every one of us. I'm holding up a little cylinder. Yes, everyone to have on a necklace. to have um, a, a piece of him inside a necklace. They 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 take some of his cremains and they put yeah. it there. And his rationale was funny, and that you had to know him. That his sense of humor was fantastic. He would say, "I want to be around your 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 guys' necks for the rest of the rest of your life," you <laughs> know, that. and and it was perfect. There he is. But the thing for me that I took from that is that he understood that he couldn't be there. He understood that he wanted us to to have the ability to to understand that he still affects what we do. I he didn't die, and I went, "Ah, oh, screw it, he's done. I'm I'm just gonna do whatever I want. I'm gonna go out and and light the world on fire." Yeah. Everything I do. Yeah, I put this thing on every day, and and I, and it's not it's not to show it off. It's to go. I'm trying to live. It's my a life. reminder to yourself, right? By myself that that I'm going to do. I'm going to do what yeah. I can to, to to make my father happy, even though he's not here to see it. Yeah, you know that, and and some of that 
is the common sense that he put in my head. Some of that stuff is the fear that he put in my head. But, yeah, that's, but that's, 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 all, that's yeah. all part of it. And yeah. Justice, my daughter, understands that about my dad. Yeah. And, you know, she had a tattoo. She, it says, justify your existence, because my father used to say that to me all the time. What are you going to do to justify your existence? So, and she gets Every day, so when wearing it comes my to father's me, necklace gives me the, 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 the kick in the head that he would have normally done. You talk about your dad now and being on your board. My dad was the, was the sounding board for me, and he was on my board. He probably, like I said, him and Frank were the only two people on my board. And at the end of the day, I still think about that. Um, so his legacy, his passing on of information, his statue is this little cylinder, you know, that'll eventually go back to his, his niche when we all die. But I'm using that. That's that's the only thing I need to keep things. I mean, you know, the memories and the discussions and everything else. But it's the memories that pass pass that that on. And, and that common sense is what I feel is missing. Mm. That ability to sit down and say, you know, that's wrong. Yeah, yeah. Get pat get past that. Do something else. Understand that what you're saying is may hold water in your head at 25, but at 55, it ain't making it. You're going to call me crazy, but I think there is, um, I think there's genetic issue. Uh, yeah, <laughs> nice. I think that, that there's a genetic issue or, or Wait, is that my element. A, element. Cro a chromosome missing? or what? Well, no, there's a genetic element to what you're talking about. I think that... Um, I was just listening to um, here's Jordan Peterson talking about having. I'm ringing. You're ringing. <laughs> I'm not ringing. Why am I ringing? Um, there are things passed down through your genes that aren't just you know that, that as you explore life and go through challenges and changes that are. Um, open up DNA, or oh, like, oh, like, oh, oh, like different parts of your brain. Yes, after, yes, after exactly. a certain period of time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. From so, so, so it's more than just wearing around. I think the more you experience difficulty, there's DNA in you that is um, opened up, or um, your body can recognize from your ancestors. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna deny that. You know. There's some scientific. I, I, Okay, I'm just a bass player from Pittsburgh. I don't <laughs> But I heard, and I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express at one point in time. You so had I'm waffles. Pretty sure. <laughs> mm. waffles. And tomorrow, I'm making waffles. <laughs> but you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's something about um, our, our lineage, our heritage, and it's beyond just um, what we were taught. Okay. It's in your it's in your DNA to a degree of of whether or not. So so the the boiling this down in a way that I think you're talking mm -hmm. about. Um, environment, education, experience are all part of the things that we get through our parents, um, and then after that. We wind up getting like like I think in addition to that, there's a DNA right, there's, there's a predisposition 
based upon how we're, we're just made as an individual, individual based upon our heritage and you know all the things that we're made up of that contribute to who we are and how we make decisions and the more we the more we experience adversity and overcome it um the more we open these um Recep this, receptors whatever you want yeah, to call well, yeah that, that I, I can understand that i sound like i'm you know some kind of hippie in outer space but no man there's, 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 there's no grass here you're yeah, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, but that the, the I'm other, gonna have to go pee in a cup tomorrow. <laughs> the the uh, the only the thing about that is, is what we know at 25 and what we know now, or yeah. what we knew at 25 and what we know now, yeah. is different. Mm. Life experiences, educational experiences, just experiences in gen in general, yeah. and then what you were taught in common sense affect those things. Yeah. But you also know that you know. I'm from, from Welsh and Sicilian descent, and in the process of, of uh, being in that, I have the ability to make some decisions based on, on the wherewithal of my family. Just like, just like genetics, you know, one of us may have, maybe, uh, um, uh, have a predilection for, for cancer. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's all part yes, of it. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And so, so you go, oh, God, I guess I have to worry about that stuff. Or somebody well, has to worry know, about it or, 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 or try to overcome it, which is which is the other yeah. part of that, which or makes be aware of which it makes you right. better because of it. Because if, yeah. if 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 you know, somebody in your family passed away from cancer and you go, oh, shit, I got to start eating right. I mean, you can't you can't out uh, you can't get out of this alive. But if you want to make some decisions so you don't die of of some kind of horrific cancer, that'd probably be a good idea, you know, yeah. and, and you change your behavior, you change your lifestyle and you change your mentality. But and I'm, then it, it affects, it affects that. I, I understand you're talking about something else that. Yeah. Like, I'm, uh, I'm talking about, I'm just curious as to whether or not our forefathers and people that, you know, our not forefathers, our ancestors have passed on things genetically to us through their experience that we can open up through experience, through our experience. That sounds, I, I don't know, maybe I'm getting a little too deep ethereal. No, no, there. no, no. I, I, um, how do you think Cro-Magnon man survived? How do you think that Neanderthal man survived? Yeah. How do you think they became extinct? How do you think they grew into, into you know, walking on, uh, as a biped as opposed to, you know, on, on four legs? Yeah. They all made changes in their, in their genetics and in their behavior and their actions, so they became But us. even with, like, AI and... and the you know, all this stuff that's going on. There's the ghost in the machine. There's like things that they can't figure out. Well, how? Why, why doesn't that work? You know, what's going on with us biologically, with, with our DNA, and and how we know we know for a fact that some of our behavior is driven by our genes. So how deep does that? How deep is that well? It's probably up for AI to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the last people we want to figure. That's the last thing we want is AI to know, you know, the electrical intelligence to know how the bi biological intelligence functions. Well, if if they if they knew right? that if they knew that would it would it mean that they they, they were would gonna... have to send back somebody in time to kill Sarah Connor? Oh God! You, <laughs> how did Skynet. I know you were going there? Of course I'm going there. You, Skynet. Is Skynet is everywhere. Uh, Isn't that the craziest, crappiest thing? Oh, I, I don't know. I think I think uh, 
within the next 20 years, it's going to be a wild ride with AI and 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 like I said, I think we need people in place that make solid moral decisions before weird. <laughs> weird At least weird, me right out. <laughs> well, weird shit can happen. You know, it's like uh, I, I'm I'm Western technology. <laughs> I'm I'm Western uh, philosophy. I'm like, yeah. Bad shit can happen if you're not careful, man. I'm not from the East. Oh, yes, it's all going to be very good. No, it's not going to be good. No, man. Shit's going to go bad no, in a heartbeat, it's man. Gonna, it's going to be bad this time. People, they're going to be putting people on trains, going to concentration camps. It's happened. Wake yeah. up, motherfuckers. Skynet is real. Oh, yes. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> all right, let's play a tune and get out of here. You play Lucky Southern? Uh, yeah, we can do that. I hope you know the melody because I don't. I do. All right, here we go.
Say goodnight, Vinny. Goodnight, Vinny.